the Seeds You Sow podcast, planting seeds of applied knowledge, strategic change, and unstoppable passion. Coming to you live. What's up, everybody? This is the Seeds You Sow podcast. I'm your girl, Aisha Tripp, coming to you live, KUSF.org. Yes. And I'm in the studio with a good friend of mine, Mr. Buildwell. Jasper Smith is with hey, us today, hey, you guys. Hey, what's going on? How you doing, Jasper? Doing great. Doing amazing? Yeah. Doing lovely? I am. <laughs> I, I'm excited to be back on the show. And yes. I was, we were talking about I was the first one. Yes. Right? It's full circle, everybody. Jasper was our first official Seed You So podcast guest, and he's back with us again today. Yeah. Yeah. Happy. So happy to be here. I know. Looking forward to the discussion today. Got to got some great updates for you. I'm excited to hear the updates and I'm glad you're here because as you guys are listening right now, you're probably like, wait, where's Michael? Where's Damon? Well, you guys. This is a woman only show. (laughs) (laughs) Girl power, hashtag black girl magic. Aisha's doing her thing on the solo tip. She got rid of (laughs) Oh my God. Jasper was making that joke the way over here. That is not the case. Michael is actually sick, you guys. He is still struggling with the flu. Mm. Um... I think, yeah, and so stay a prayer for him. He'll be back with us. And Damon, it's not his week in the studio, but it's okay though because we're still going strong. We come here every Sunday to give you a hot show, and we got Jasper, who, in some ways, if you really think about it, Jasper, even though you're not here every Sunday, you are like an unofficial, like seasoned spiritual guest. Like your spirit is here because you set the tone for our first show in terms of like all the guests to follow. True. Like if you think about it. Because the Build Wealth movement is so awesome, amazing, great, and unique. And every other guest that we've had since then they story, has followed that. And their stories be like, spot. Like, I was like, <laughs> like, uh, it was like the first time, you know, really like giving that kind of pitch and being on the show. And I'm like, but everybody else who comes on, I mean, they're, it's like, boom, 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 mm-hmm. boom, shit. God, I was the example. And they're like, thank you, good. <laughs> thank you, kind sir. We know how to act when we go on that show. I appreciate it. You know, and so before we went live, you guys, me and Jasper, we, okay, all of us here, we've been having all types of conversations. Like, we need to really record the pre-show stuff. The like, drive over <laughs> should be its own show. Man, the conversations go everywhere. But one thing I was going to say was we were just having the conversation about so much power and consistency. And Jasper is definitely a living witness and testimony to this. And anything that you want to do in life, whatever dream, passion, whatever it is, to be consistent is really where it's going to pay off. Because you were talking about a young man that, or somebody you said you, that really inspired you in terms of like them just being hungry for it and going after it constantly. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I actually follow a lot of people online and that's all I saw. It was just they do it all the time. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, it's just, if you care enough about something and you're passionate enough about it, like you should share it. And maybe you don't get all the likes or the followers right away, but nobody's going to doubt you. When they, when they say, so tell me about yourself, you can say, you know, actually go check the site and you'll see that I've been posting for mm-hmm. two years, for three years. I've been, yeah. I've been building, I've been building. It's like the people, they see the, the superstar on the big stage. Yeah. And they don't see him when they were like at the open mic thing, right? It's like, for real. Oh. That's just as important. <laughs> you have two people in the audience <laughs> and your jokes weren't funny. Like you, and you hear people... Like, they talk about that all the time about, and y'all did a show about the process. Yeah. But nobody sees that. All they see no. is, it's like the iceberg effect, right? You see the iceberg sitting outside the water, mm-hmm. but you don't see what's underwater and all mm-hmm. the, nope. I'll just say stuff. 
a lot of stuff, a lot of work, a lot of sleepless <clears throat> nights, a lot of times where you're like, is this going to work? Is it not going to work? Is yep. anybody going to believe in it? And you know what? You brought up a good point because especially in the culture we're living in today, it's so much about like the likes and it's yep. so much about the hype. <clears throat> I just personally think you got to be focused more so on the quality of your work mm -hmm. because if mm -hmm. you're just always focused on like, well, who's liking it and who's following it, then you're not really in it for the sure, right reason. Right. So... And I don't know, you're saying do it all the time. Maybe some people shouldn't do it all the time. Because <laughs> maybe something you do it ain't that right. So I'm not, <laughs> I, don't, I mean, I don't want to knock anybody's not dream. Not that, right. <laughs> some things like, mm, maybe you should not do that. But if you're doing it for the right reason, it's yeah. something that's personally calling to you. Yeah. I'm all for it. Yeah. I'm all about it. I and agree. do it for the right way. That's real. For the right that's reason. Real. All the time. Do it now. Like that. Yeah. What are you guys doing out there? I can't wait until we open up the live callers and the live feed. Um, then that way, oh, is your phone going off, Emmanuel? It's okay. You know, people be calling. That's what happens during the show. Maybe some, that's funny because I was like, I can't wait till we interact with people. Hey, do they want to talk to us? <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the show. <laughs> What's up, Patricia Keene? <laughs> is that a family member? <laughs> Hey! <laughs> How you doing? <laughs> it's the Seed You Sell podcast. Emmanuel's busy um, taping us right now. <laughs> Our videographer um, just got a call. And he answered the call. Our first live caller, Patricia Keys. Y'all planned that out. That was good, man. That was right on time. Right on time. Shout out to Pat Patricia Keys out there. Emmanuel, I like your last name, Keys. You related to Alicia Keys? Her last name is Cook. But I used to try to get that away. Really? I didn't know Alicia Keys' last name was Cook. I'm hella late. Are you serious? Shut up. Everybody else knew this? Nah. Am I the only I made one? it sound convincing. I, mean, <laughs> I, was, I was like, yeah. I was like, for you to... A lot of celebrities, you never know what their actual name is. <laughs> yep. Oh. Yep. So her name is Alicia Cook? Cook. Learned a lot of that. Like Cook County? Like in Chicago? Dang. Okay. <laughs> just, would you ever change your name? Nah, Jasper is the best name in the whole world it fits you jasper smith the whole build wealth movement too it's fitting as well you know what's funny though is i i think being from like north carolina and it, it actually helps out a lot because mm -hmm. people think I, they think i'm an old white guy like when i send an email like, hey jasper smith you're like old white dude <laughs> you don't think young black guy it's great i mean i think a name oh, we talked about this before lord forgive us i definitely do not ascribe to generalizations in terms of black people do this and white people do that i right. try my best not to do that but me and my friends were having this conversation about the scaleness of uh, the scales of black names like where does your name fit on the scale yeah, and it was my yeah. friends Ashley, Lauren, and Janice. And according to them, on the scale of blackness, Aisha tipped over to the blackest side in comparison to theirs. How was the last? You said Janice. Janice, Lauren, and Ashley, and they said I well, had. Janice them. would be kind of close for you. That's what I was. Saying. I was like Janice. Like, Y'all could be together. The other two, <laughs> the other two, definitely on the other side. Super common names. But I was like Aisha. Technically, is an Arabic name. <laughs> <laughs> Now Aisha, <laughs> yes, but I don't know. My dad, he, my dad calls me Aisha because he wanted my name. To, it's it's a whole battle between him and my mom to this day. Like, and people on my dad's side of family call me Aisha. I'm like, what is my name? It's okay. Everybody's been calling me Casper since like the first grade. I'm like, my name has a J in it. 
Just like, just like Jasper the Ghost. I'm like, no, it's Casper the Ghost. That's with a C. My name starts with a J. I think you're the first Jasper I met. And I was going to say with your name, I think that could either be a white man or a black man. And it's more it's more common as a last name than a first That's name. That's very true. I learned that too, but it was like, oh, last name is Jasper. Like, oh. Yeah. My best friend in elementary school, Jocelyn Jasper, her last name is Jasper, obviously, I just said that. But you're the first person I met with the name actual like first name jasper so there's a lot more on facebook i friended all along oh, hey really? jasper, you're a jasper i'm a jasper let's all be friends <laughs> one of them just had a birthday day, but i was like happy birthday jasper <laughs> i'm definitely not going to change my name because aisha jamila trip especially trip that's such a marketable name i'm sorry i cannot <laughs> get rid of trip so true. even when i get married like i'm gonna be like look blood like i, I love you but either we're gonna hyphenate that or my name is gonna be like aisha trip yo last name but i ain't getting rid of trip <laughs> I can't get rid of it. You're right. You can do a lot with that one. I know. And you don't meet a lot of trips. Have y'all met any trips? No, I don't think I... That's right. right. First trip. First trip. I got a lot of cousins of all colors. Smith. (laughs) There's a lot of us. Smith. You you came over here on the Mayflower with that one. (laughs) No comment. (laughs) Your family held on to that name. I'm like, dang. Because, yeah, that's a real colonial American name. Smith. (laughs) Yep. Oh, man. We got a hot show for you guys. It's Black History Month, you guys. Um, Our last show, the entire month we're basically doing is because it's Black History. We're acknowledging um, historical figures, historical movements, and not just people of the past, but also people of our current day. So we're excited for this entire format of how we're going to be doing the Black History Month segment for the Seed You Sow podcast. But before we do hop into everything and I lay out everything we're going to be doing, because we're already having such random conversations, one other thing I wanted to kind of bring up was I saw on the Young Black Social whatever group. What is it called? YBSF. What's the S stand for? San Francisco? I think I think it's Young, young Blacks. Ba- it's Young Blacks of the Bay. Young Blacks of San Francisco. Let's look it up. You know what? YBSF. YBSF. It's Young and Blacks and then it's San Francisco? San Francisco. But I think it has some other some other words. So the Young Black San Francisco group of the Bay Area, they send out hella emails, y'all. Micah just put me onto the email list and I'm like, what are these people doing all day? They just send emails all day like about everything. But there's a lot of good stuff. There like, is. I, I think you find which I, I I find a lot of value in that. Mm-hmm. that I think you you if you're looking for it, you you gonna find it in that you group. You are. You are. And you I can. love that variety, right? So it's not like there aren't any necessarily rules to what you can share because we're all we all got different things. We we all have different things we like to do that That's we want true. to do. Some are very social. Some are very on the business side. But you can find everything in between. I saw something about like the fetish thing, and I I clicked. I was like, <laughs> should I join this group? But I I was like, but I love that. Oh, you know, gosh. you can be. Oh, it's like, yo, you ain't the only one with a fetish. It's the, I appreciate that. And fact. I saw the people. I was like, they all got fetishes. That turned like, into a whole like twenty email. <laughs> j- I was like, I'm not even gonna look at this right now. I appreciate the fact that you're like acknowledging the variety of what you can get. Because I was looking at, dang, these are hella emails. I'm like, damn. Oh my god, Lord. Like, what y'all. But for real, you can get anything from like people talking about a black fetish to some marketing stuff, website design, the cookout that's happening, a hair stylist. Somebody all needs a place to live. Like yeah. I love the fact that because a lot of people move to yep. the area, and you do need to find like, hey, where can I live in this city? So I do love that people post like, hey, rooms are available, apartments. That, mm-hmm. I, mean, I, I, I think that's very valuable when you do move to a new city. It's like, well, how do I get plugged in right away? 
And this group, it's, it makes it super easy to just get plugged in in a matter of, what, a day? Yeah. <laughs> um, as much information that's shared in that group. So when people say, I can't find stuff, you ain't looking. That's true. in that group. So if anybody who's listening, before I share what was posted, um, if you're looking to join a group within the Bay Area, and if you're a young black professional trying to find different things to do, you should email YBSF at googlegroups.com, and you can join this group, and you will be plugged in to what's going on for the young black professionals of the Bay. They should hire me to be like a spokesperson. Um, but I saw this, and this kind of talks about what we were talking about earlier. We ain't all going to get into super detail with stuff, but there was... <laughs> I always laugh. Lord, forgive me. There was a post in the group. There's an event um, coming up on Friday, February 23rd, right after Valentine's Day, depending on if you um, celebrate or not. Um, And it's entitled The State of the Black Relationship. And then it goes on to say exploring black male privilege. Um, So they're having this event Friday, February 23rd at the Red Bay Coffee um, at 630. And I just think we're going to have an episode coming up on the CG. So discussing relationships, um, let it be within the black community and also just in general, like how are we communicating? How are we showing we appreciate one another and how are we living our dating lives and, you know, finding healthy ways to really show love, respect and honesty in the relationships and dynamics between men and women. But I was just noticing in this group, because after somebody you post your event, then there's always going to be a response. Right. And this woman responded and I quote, she states, can we we talk about black men consistently invalidating the black woman experience as if capitalized MFs can speak for us. Y'all barely listen. So how can you be a self-proclaimed spokesperson for the black woman experience? And so when I saw that, it made me already think in my mind, okay, I already know what kind of event this is about to be. And so I didn't even see this one. Somebody. Oh, you see, yeah. And um, I remember in grad school, they had like wow. something kind of similar where it was like called the conversation mixtape where they got a bunch of black people together, like young black people to talk about dating and relationships. Mm. And the idea behind it could be great. But when that type of tone starts stepping into the room, it turns into this whole like, well, men do this and women do that. And I'm like, are we listening or are we just really getting at each other? And so I'm going to go. I'm going to go and I'm probably most likely be an observant. I'm probably just going to sit back and sip my tea, probably have wine and just observe what's going on. But I really want us as like a black community to find more honest, healthy, loving ways to talk about it, talk to one another. Because I, I, I'm not going to say generally this is what the tone is, but at times that tone seems to happen because there is a lot of like resentment and bitterness that does transpire between black men and black women. And I just really want to break that. Yeah. And, and I think you said something you're like, well, it's how do we have the conversation? The question is, are we having the con- like we we talk a lot about the issues that we have and we have a ton of issues that affect the black community. Mm-hmm. But is that. Are we actually doing it? And so, you know, mm-hmm. our discussion we had on the drive over here, like, I talk with my girl. We talk about mm-hmm. it's, it's not always fun. I said, but that's where you get the growth. Yep. And I, I think if you go to that event, yeah, it's going to be somebody like that young lady. And you'll have a whole group who's going to subscribe to her same school of thought. And they're going to mm-hmm. sit on one side of the room. And they're going to sit together. And it's going <laughs> to happen by, like, osmosis. They're not even going to know they're all on the same team. And they're going to be like, yeah, girl. <laughs> 
<laughs> and they're like, yeah, that's my girl. And they can become best friends. And now you got your little group that's always pro whatever you you know whatever yeah. you're on. And you have the other side. Mm-hmm. So I, I think again these these type of forums they're great. It's just what happens when you leave. Mm, We're talking about how to talk. You, you got these. You know, everybody has a perspective. You have to really again assess where you are and what you're comfortable with. Yeah. But then it's, are we actually going here and doing it? That's I was gonna say. Like it's you're <clears throat> definitely right about it. It's about having that conversation mm-hmm. and then coming up with next step, followable action items to make sure that we're living the things we want to see in our lives. But um, making sh- I just I just want to make sure the conversations are healthy. I I just really think at times. Um, People aren't listening. People are just they're looking not. to make their point. And there's a lot of like well, you said it, anger. You, you said the thing you, you're listening to respond. I can't. Re- People are listening to respond and they're not listening to understand. Yeah, and that's and that's I think we listen just to clap back. I'm waiting. I'm, I'm waiting, waiting on you. Oh, 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 Give me my moment. Oh, 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 like, did you even hear anything I said? And you no, know, it's, and, you, and you can see it. Like, and you know, people are mm-hmm. doing it. And you're like, yo, you just missed the whole point. You didn't yep. even. You didn't give it a chance. You were just so, my mind is made up. And no matter what you tell me, I'm just ready to respond. Man, for real. So, yeah, I, when I saw this, um, I wanted to put it out there for anybody who is excited. Where, where is Red Bay Cafe? Red Bay Coffee is over on 10th Street. The official address is 3098. I'm definitely going. Yeah, fast. I'm going to come check it out, too. Oh, I'm going to, yeah. Put my calendar right now. Yeah, I think we should all go. Um, yeah, and it says exploring black male privilege. <laughs> so... And that's what I'm kind of like, I mean, I guess that's one aspect of how they want to have the conversation, which is fine. I'm not I'm not opposed to exposing one's opinion or different um, aspects of what is going on in certain black relationships. I just want us to make sure like we're listening and we're having productive conversations that's pushing pushing us forward, because sometimes I think a lot of the narrative is that. okay. let me just say this, I guess. Um. There are a lot of thriving black couples out there. Shout out to Esther and Ira Smith. Been married for 46 years. All right. There you go. His parents right there. Shout out to you and your girl. Yeah, me and Tiana going strong. There you go. There you go. Shout out to Lauren and Javay Walton. Shout out to Janice and Landon Hill. Shout out to Micah and Francois. Shout out to Ashley and JP. I know plenty of people in my life. Now, you know you're about to get called out because you probably forgot somebody and they're going to call you on them when they listen to the show. And shout out to the people who are in non-black relationships, but they black (laughs) and they're loving towards each other. Shout out to Vogue and AJ. Shout out to Tiffany and Tony. Shout out to Ariel and Damon. Shout out to Catherine and Aaron. Shout out to the people who are in love and who are not only just in love with the idea of love, but they are actually loving themselves, which makes them able to love another person and allows them to be willing, honest, and go on the road to... Because it's one, it's one thing in life, like, you can definitely... Love, cause if you're ever going to be with somebody, you definitely have to love yourself first and foremost, sure, straight up. Sure, yep. And so to do that, you have to be able to walk that path with yourself, right? But it takes another step and it takes another level of courage to let somebody else walk with you. And that's beautiful. So shout out to all the beautiful couples out there and shout out to those who are communicating and putting in the work to do it. Yeah. So, and, and Valentine's Day is coming up. Look at that. Look at that. Let's not talk about that. You don't like Valentine's Day? I know it's a commercial holiday. I know. I know. You know, okay. You know what? All I'm gonna say is I don't want to talk about it. You know, I'll say this. 
It's a commercial holiday, but I've always loved Valentine's Day ever since I was a little girl. Like I used to love getting like the little Valentine's cards and dropping them at people's desks and stuff. I love the candies. I love the colors. And I've loved Valentine's Day with a boo or without a boo. I love it. I, I, I'm I taking myself to La Piana on Valentine's Day. I don't care. I'm single. I will still love myself all day, every day. Yes. So shout out to Valentine's Day and the people that love it. <laughs> you like Valentine's Day? It's the commercial aspect of it. It forced me to do so much stuff. True. To, like, yeah, it's like I have to do something on that day. What about the other 364 days of the year? Like, what about those days? Like, I know there's this one day where we have to do stuff. And I had some—I've talked to, you know, my female friends about, like, is that day really important? Is it more important than your birthday? Oh, no. Like, you know, it was like—but they were putting it up on that pedestal. Like, you have to do something that day. Oh, no, like, no, no. No. So, no. No. No, I think— Unless, it... I, unless I was a florist, I would love holidays because oh, they make so much money— on that one day. But you know what? That just made me think about somebody who um, I went to Bree. Shout out to Bree. Um, Bree Blue, she was, who was with us uh, two weeks ago on the podcast. I went to Speak Easy last Tuesday. And a poet stated, um, give me my flowers where I'm still living. Because people mm. always want to send flowers after a person has passed away. Mm. So with that being said, too, like commercial holidays, it's an excuse. But True. at the same time. We should be showing love at all times. I the agree. same time, like with Thanksgiving, we should be giving thanks at all times. And yeah. Jesus was not born on the 25th of December. Don't come for me, um, <laughs> Christian people, but it's true. <laughs> celebrate Jesus all the time. And I think it's more important to celebrate the resurrection than to celebrate the birth. Hallelujah. Don't get me started. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, here it comes. Here it comes. <laughs> I'm going to give a testimony. <laughs> I can't. I can't. I digress. I digress. Oh, Lord. Where we at on time? Look at us. Okay. I, I put on the schedule. You guys just see the emails I send. 10 to 15 minutes of friendly banter. We're going into 22 minutes of that. In any case, let's hop into the topics. <laughs> Well, okay. So if you have not listened to the previous episode, the way we're structuring Black History Month is a little different. Um, what we're going to be doing is every episode we'll be playing a few rounds of the famous game Black Card Revoked. After we play Black Card Revoked, instead of doing our per se seed of the day, we're going to be doing a segment called We Are Because They Were, honoring historical black figures of our past and highlighting the present day people who are still carrying the torch towards freedom. Freedom! Raise your fist. All right. <laughs> and then we're going to sing, lift every voice and sing. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> we're going to sing it by the end of this episode. I'm going to learn it. I'm going to learn it. Um, and then after that, of course, we're going to interview our take take seed and wait take root and give back i'm sorry guess which will be jasper smith to talk about the build wealth movement and That's the right. progression that That's he's made with the entire movement and then of course we're going to wrap it up with reading is good for the soil and we're going to highlight a couple of books and we're going to wrap it on up for you guys so yes we're going to hop right into black card revoked um i would encourage you guys who are listening to play along with us if you have not played this game <laughs> it's pretty hilarious depending on who you um play with um, the whole notion of the black card in the black community is there's a certain card that is given to one in terms of your blackness. Um, this card could be given to people who are non-black. I have plenty of non-black friends who hold many multiple black cards. 
um, I, being a black woman, at times my black card has been revoked. I said this last episode, um, I do not like hot sauce. And I've been told, give me your black card for that. I mean, I'm happy to give it to you. I can't stand hot sauce. Um, I'm, not, <laughs> I'm not a fan of watermelon. See, there, there we go. So the whole black card revoke idea is poking fun at generalizations in the black community, but it's also highlighting certain historical facts and truths. So have fun with it. We're about to have fun. Emmanuel is going to be asking us a couple of questions. Um, the first couple of questions are some historical questions. So, well, not historical, but they're more so factual questions. So um, those will be the first five questions. And then the second set of questions are going to be um, majority rules. So there'll be a question given, and depending on who the audience is, so it's me and Jasper, we're going to determine what the answer is. And if me and Jasper are at, at, at odds, then Emmanuel will then have to um, break the tie. Mm-hmm. So Emmanuel's going to be joining us on the mic, y'all. Y'all get to hear his lovely voice. Oh, shoot. Can you grab that, Emmanuel? There you go. I'll clear my throat real quick. Okay, all right, all right. Emmanuel's our game show host. Join along with us, guys. You better sound like a real game show host. <laughs> like, I and it's man. black, hard revoke. <laughs> Question number one. <laughs> <laughs> now, for real, you got to do it. Like, I got to do that? Okay. I got to feel like you do it. Right. Or you can do like the black game show host. Do it like Steve Harvey. How you doing, y'all? <laughs> What's up, everybody? <laughs> so we got black car revoked here. So you gave me like 15 cars, but I chose like five of my favorites of the 15 you gave okay, me. Cool. So I have like five of each. So we have five of the uh, majority rules, and then we got five of the correct answers. I'm glad that All you right. went through the time to check through them. Yeah, we got to make sure we yeah. was on point with that. Oh, okay. I was like, I thought we was going to just be random. Okay, cool, cool. <laughs> All right, so... um. Let's let's start it off with just doing one majority rules and then doing a correct answer. Okay, and then, I like, right, that. like that. That's fair. All right, y'all ready? Let's do it. Mm-hmm. Got your game game faces mm-hmm. on. Y'all ready? Yep. Okay. All right, cool. All right. Question number one: Who had the best afro back in the day? Angela Davis, Ooh. John Shaft, Pam Greer, or Dr. J? Oh. So Pam Greer kind of had like that that kind of like pressing mm. curl type one. Um, I'm pulling them up on my computer. God, the best. Yeah, Dr. J had a fro. Jay had his fro. Really? I'm all like. Shaft fro was tight too, though. Like, dang. I'm pulling them all up on the. Oh wait, Dr. J did some like. Uh. I I feel like in my spur of the spurts. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he got like a like like a, like he could have been like in the Jackson Five kind of fro. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like he could have you know replaced Jermaine or God, they're somebody. They're all great afros though. I know, and I and I feel like. Each, go, I know who I'm about to go with. Each person, like, I'm you know, has a strong presence with I'm Pam Greer. I was going to say, I'm going to say Angela Davis, though, because that blowout was strong, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, even, like, in that um, <laughs> interview she had, I'm about to pull up the picture right now. Like, it was so strong. You could even see, like, her eyes. Like, you know what I mean? All right, yo, she... I remember that one, yeah. Yeah, and she looked like my auntie Diane to me. Look at, uh, look at that, look at that. I do remember the one. She, I was watching some documentary. It was like you were like, she, that thing is. Yeah, I'm trying. Curious, right? It's like, oh, fro goals. Like, <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm gonna say Angela Davis. My final. This is um, Majority Rules, right? Mm-hmm. You see that one right there? See what I'm talking about? <laughs> from the black, it was from the Black Power mixtape. <laughs> 
Um, so yeah, she swayed me. I go. I, I, all right. Ah, uh, see, I was I was about to be on your you side, man, but you didn't switch. You didn't switch sides. Switch. But I I feel like everybody has like a like a story behind them um, that goes with the fro. And oh. I feel like Pam Greer just watching the movie. She was just so bad to me. So that's kind of why. But I, I think yeah, that's like, why I'm kind of like more on like, that side. Ain't gonna lie. Like, and you know, I'm, that I'm was sexy honest. with the in, in, uh, with the intellect. Look at that. She I mean, was sexy too, but like, <laughs> look at that. Look at that. She was out here in Oakland. <laughs> Look at that. <laughs> she going to come next week with that afro. Right. Yeah, man, for real. I'm going to take out these fox locks and I'm going to come back on my fro. <laughs> I feel like Pam Greer made that afro foxy, though. I don't know. What you think? I, didn't we just win? Oh, so now you trying to... you supposed to be the game show. Oh, okay. Right. <laughs> there we go. Turn the tables. Quick. <laughs> They, they're both like I like how we went with the women though yeah see yeah, yep yeah. power to the women alright okay so we're going with Angela Davis for that one <laughs> yeah okay so now this one we gotta um, it's gonna be just one answer so okay. who is Oprah Winfrey's best friend Tyler Perry Gail King Stedman Grimm or Cicely Tyson Gail yeah it's Gail definitely Gail what is okay. Gail known for just being Oprah friend yeah that's all you, you need Dang, could you imagine I, I that? think she probably does a lot. I, I really don't know. <laughs> would you rather she be... She definitely does a lot, but Oprah's sure friend, that title was like... I think um, more people would know her for that. Yeah. It doesn't matter what she does in life. They'd be like, are you Oprah girl? Would you rather be Oprah or would you rather be Oprah's best friend? <laughs> mm, Oprah seems like she got a lot of responsibilities, so I'd probably just want to be Oprah's friend. <laughs> Get invited to all the parties. Nah, I want to be Oprah. <laughs> Choice is easy. That's what some people say. Like, would you rather be Beyonce or Salon? I want the limelight. Mm. Yeah, I, and that's, yeah. I, some people don't want the limelight. Yeah, like, yeah. I want it. Like, I just want my check. She can't make because Beyonce can't make no mistakes. You know. Yeah. So, I don't want to be in that. Damn, we gotta point. give somebody that type of um, responsibility. Every human know. should be able to have a Every, room to yeah, mistake. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, she had that um, juice box at the Grammys. She's still a mama. <laughs> next question. <Hello. laughs> you can see what the next question. Saying. Going into the next question. <laughs> So, who's the funniest comedian of the last 20 years? Is it Majority Rules one? This is definitely Majority okay. Rules. All right. Um, A, Chris Rock. B, Bernie Mac. C, Martin Lawrence. D, Dave Chappelle. 20 years. Say say all three of them, I mean, all four of them again. A, Chris Rock. B, Bernie Mac. C, Martin Lawrence. D, Dave Chappelle. Um, uh, I'm my, Martin. She uh, said last 20 years. So. Last 20 years. Am I good? I'm sorry. Oh, wait. Dang. Okay. And like, is it like stand-up? Or yeah. like, are we going to shows? So okay, I'm thinking, so right? I thought that too. Yeah. All right. Okay, maybe you got to look at it holistically. Yeah. So you got to think about the shows, the stand-up, the culture. Okay. I'm going with Bernie. Bernie? I, I, it's Bernie. Mm -hmm. Bernie Mac. Some yeah. of them are... <laughs> <laughs> they all funny. I'm just like... What yeah. you think? I didn't, I, <laughs> Here we go again. <laughs> Bernie Mac on stage is good. I didn't really like him too much in his shows and movies. Like the Bernie Mac show, I felt like I wasn't going there for laughs. I was just kind of going there for He's entertainment. Funny as hell in Players Club. Like, oh my yeah. God. Dollar, dollar bill, y'all. Yeah. 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 Yo, dollar yeah. bill was. But see, I, say, I say Martin because. <sighs> Martin did. I, go ahead. Like, um, Damn. What, was, um, God, what was this? Uh, I can't. His. Um, the stand up, Martin, yes. You so crazy or like, run, run tell that? So, no, yeah. you so crazy. That that is like epic. I mean, Chris Rock has his same. You know, like, what? it was between Chris and Martin. I was kind of flipping the coin, you like because <clears throat> you so, like people can still quote that to this day. It's kind of like you know, like a Richard Pryor and, and like an Eddie Murphy. They still know you so crazy. Like, like yeah, water was dripping all over your body. <laughs> and even <laughs> you know what? I think you just swayed me because looking holistically, because. 
Bernie Mac, I, I got a soft spot for him because mm. I think, you know, he's gone now and yeah. he was just so hilarious. And I loved his show too, but Martin hosted Def Jam. Mm-hmm. Mar- Martin did phenomenal stand ups. Mm-hmm. And the Everybody sh- still watches the show. And the show, Martin, is yeah. just amazing. Yeah, like, I'm going to go with Martin. Yeah. Definitely Martin. And that, nobody, nobody going off Dave Chappelle or Chris Rock, huh? Well, Dave Chappelle, he's had recent success. You said last twenty years. I mean, he's yeah. he's been there, but he hasn't. He didn't blow up, right? Like, I think Dave the Chappelle, show, the Chappelle show, yeah, like that, the Chappelle like, show, the Chappelle show, kind of put him over there. Like now, yeah. he's he came. He, he was came funny. To black people with the Chappelle show, right? And that's but before and I, that. Yep. Yeah. The Chappelle show, his sketch comedy, because I've seen Dave Chappelle live too. Back, I think that was back in two thousand nine, the New Parish. His sketch comedy, in my in my opinion, was more funnier than his stand-up. Definitely. But his stand-up, to me, is more kind of like a Dick G- Gregory. Yep. It's more like social commentary. Yeah. So he's more of like a social commentary person who's like making like jabs at what's going on yeah. um, that gets you more thinking than gets you more laughing, in my opinion. Exactly. You might get like five good laughs in on but the Dave really, Chappelle show, mm-hmm. but you're entertained, you're locked in, you're listening to the story, so. Yeah. yeah. And that whole Prince thing he did, blouses. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I heard Charlie Murphy, yeah, I heard Charlie Murphy wrote, yeah. wrote that, yeah. That. He did a lot of second season. Rest in peace to Charlie yeah. Murphy. Another one, he, you know, wasn't, again, you come, your brother's Eddie. Yeah, I mean, he was just as talented. But a lot of people talk about it now that he's passed away, like how mm-hmm. great he was, and yeah. he did a lot of writing for the Chappelle mm-hmm. Show, and they're like, you know, person they, in the background. They knew, like, yo, know, he was, he was making that. Yeah, for sure. Man, um, as you guys are listening to this, I hope you guys are filling in all and all the history. Like, look up these different comedians: Martin Lawrence, Dave Chappelle, Chris Rock, uh, Bernie Mac. Look up Angela Davis. Look up Pam Greer. Like. If you if you were listening to this, like who are these people? Take the time. These are pivotal people in our culture. So and it's mm-hmm. it's fun to discuss them like this. For sure, for sure. All right, what's our next one? Okay, so our next question is a correct answer. So, uh, when Grandma tells you to wrench it off, <laughs> what do you need to complete this task? A, a wrench. <laughs> B, lots of salt. C, hot sauce. D, water. Water. So you gotta say it like grandma to it. Rinch it around and rinch it off. Rinch it around and rinch it off. Like DL, you right. like, you like, no, you don't got the goddamn rinch around. <laughs> rinch around. That's okay. a southern joke in the black community, Definitely. y'all. For everybody's southern black grandma. <laughs> Shout out to my grandma, Melzina Fig. RIP to you. Rinch around. <laughs> so for our next question, um, this is this is a nice one. So this is gonna be on music. So what is the best rap artist out right now? Who who is the best rap artist out right now? Oh. So that's going to be A, Kendrick Lamar, B, Nicki Minaj, C, Fetty Wap, D, Drake. I like how they threw Nicki Minaj in there to throw a female artist. Who was this credit? They must this have been recent, though. So yeah, the best artist, yeah, rap artist out right now. And I feel like these are just like the top people who got like the most hits, yeah. who won win Grammys and things like that. So out of those four, Drake, Kendrick Lamar, Nicki Minaj, so, Fetty Wap. This is hard because it's like lyricist impact, you know. Like, what metric are you using? Exactly. That's why I, I hate these questions because it's like. Well, I'm gonna go straight up content, and I'm gonna go with Kendrick Lamar. Kendrick Lamar. Because I think what he's talking about and the impact that he's making, and his overall just flow and mm-hmm. lyrics, and I can. What was it? The Damn album. Mm-hmm. I I listen to um, Be Humble while I'm running, and it keeps me humble. Yeah, keep you going, yeah. Yes, and DNA. So I don't see why DNA. Fetty Wap's in here. Um, I was like, what does he rap? Yeah, 
I mean, he came out with like hella hits when he first came out, like four in a row. But what I, was it? It was my way. I don't know. Uh, Trap queen. Oh god. Um, <laughs> that was a song of the summer. Yeah. How's that go? I feel so old. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Is that when? <laughs> yeah. What is it? Yeah. And then come. Y'all know the song. Y'all know the song. Yeah. What is it go? What are the lyrics? I didn't want to sing it. I was waiting for him to do it. I think I know what you're talking about, but it's like the. How does it go? Come on, try. I be in the kitchen cooking pies with my baby. Yeah, but he yeah. don't sound like that though. Nah, he don't sound like that. I'm okay. trying to keep it, you know, keep it trail still. <laughs> that song, he was just yeah. So who you going with? Kendrick Lamar, Nicki Minaj, Fetty Wap, Drake. It, what was the question again? So who is the right best rap artist out right now? And this is kind of hard because, I mean, how do you define that best rap artist? Through sales, you, through content. I, I guess you got to look at it like what we said earlier, holistically in terms yeah. of sales, content. Um, impact. The impact on the culture, the sound, the quality. Yeah. Well, if you say holistically, then I'd probably say Drake. So I'm say Drake because of that one, right? Yeah. Um, I don't think reward like these awards. I mean, that's just mm. somebody. That's one little segment awarding them based off of some set criteria, which mm. usually isn't the same criteria that fans see them in, right? Like, mm. who's the best artist? It's like you might like your local artist because you support that local. That local vibe, like, why has it got to be a person who's always the most famous to win? It's like, it's probably mm. people spitting bars at your local, uh, your local club. But again, they don't get the fanfare. Maybe they haven't blown up just yet. Who may have mm. bars? Yeah, or they, not they, even. They may stay underground. They may be independent. Maybe underground. Yeah. But when you go mainstream media, it's almost like, well, we're gonna make you choose one of these as the best. Yeah. Mm. Because that's all you see. And you don't see the other artists. That's out there. very true. Very true. Mm-hmm. Very true. But like you said, oh, listen, I like Drake. Kind of been yeah, Drake kind of killing it right now. Yeah. Oh, Drake just be kind of just singing to me. So he did we? Everything. Did we come up with one? He just be like, "Call me on myself." <laughs> be singing. Made hits. I mean, no, I like the, the Drake hits. I like that. You can thank me now. The thank me later, whatever. But you can thank me now. Album. Thank me oh, later. Thank but me he, later. Yeah. But he, that's but, he said, album. <laughs> <laughs> but he said that in the lyrics. Yeah, you can thank song, me now. Yeah. There must be the moon in Chicago. I like that album. Yeah. That album's good. So, yeah, that was majority wins. So I'm gonna go with Drake. All right, we're going with Drake. You going with Drake? Man, they went with Drake, but the <laughs> seeds you said. <laughs> those aren't the rules. I those know. are the majority. That's what makes it hard. Oh man. Okay, I'm trying to revoke somebody black card, man. Let me. I think I'm gonna revoke somebody with this though. Oh okay. Let's see. What year was interracial marriage legalized in the U.S.? Damn, 1964, crazy. 1952, 1973, or 1967? 52. Dang, you said that now I'm like, oh, shoot. 52. So again, that's 1964. I, I didn't even get to No, I'm just, just reminding. I'm just reminding. Oh, I was like. <laughs> you said interracial marriage? Yeah, interracial There's marriage. There's a movie about it, and I can't remember no. the name. Wade versus. No, no that's, that's in it. reference to um, it's, it's called, abortion. Oh, okay. Uh, I, I watch movies. I'll Google it's, it real quick. It's a movie. Don't Google the answer. Though. Oh, I won't. Let me wait. Okay. <laughs> so, again, that's 1964, 1952, I, 1973, 1967. No, I'm, sorry, all right, I'm going to go I'm, 73. I'm going to say 64. 64? I'm going to go 52. 50, 64 and 52? I almost got my black card revoked by saying Wade versus Roe. Yeah. Oh, whoa. Okay, so uh, the answer is D, 1967. Dang. We both were wrong. I was three years off though, so you're more wrong. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I watched the movie. I just couldn't remember the year, but it's, it was a uh, a white man, a black a black one. I think it was in Virginia, if I'm not mistaken. Mm. Oh, it's Loving like, versus Virginia. Yeah, yeah. that's saw, what I was talking about. Loving versus Virginia. I saw the movie. Yeah. I was like, can't remember the year. Wow, mm. that's really crazy to think that even though a lot of interracial little relations were happening prior to that. Yeah. Legally, yeah. And even in the movie, they had to drive from their county to, like, Washington, D.C. To, to go make it happen. Right, so they got married. I think they got married in D.C. and then came back, and they're like, yeah, we can't, you can't be married to a black woman. Wow. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a good movie. Hmm. This, like I said earlier, shout it out again. Shout out to my interracial couples out there, Ariel and Damon. Tiffany and Tony and AJ and Vogue. Love is strong. There you go. And thank God you get to live in a time where you, it's not illegal. Right. Lord, yeah. love is love, y'all. Yeah. All right. So this this question right here, this question is like gets asked around a lot. So let me see what y'all think about this one. So what do you eat on your grits? Oh, this is majority rules? This is majority rules. All right, rules. no. Yeah. It should be correct answer, oh, but no. it's majority <laughs> rules. So it's going to be A, cheese. Cheese on them. B, bits. salt and pepper. C, sugar. Or D, butter. It's sugar. I put it's sugar, sugar and, and butter. butter. Yeah! I mean, so, <laughs> I'm making a shoot. Both C and D. Butter. Yeah, sugar and butter. Yeah. But it depends where you're from, though. I, I've heard the salt and pepper a lot. The cheese, not so much. But I've heard salt and pepper a lot, but it's butter and sugar. Yeah. Oh, my dad put salt and pepper in his grits. Yeah. And he... My dad was actually born in North Carolina. He lived out there for a little bit, but he grew up in Denver. So I don't know. And his parents are from Louisiana, and my uh, no, my grandma's from Louisiana. My my granddad's from Arkansas. So I don't know where all that got mixed up. Um, <laughs> I know somebody that uses ketchup in their grits. Mm. Yeah, I've seen that before. But I do butter and sugar. That's butter the only way. What do you do? Butter and sugar. That's what I'm saying. A lot of sugar. Now, Hell yeah. now, Too now, much sugar. Now, if, again, if we got to choose one, oh, sugar, I'm going with sugar. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm top. Because if you're cooking it right, it's already a nice. I, I like my grits sweet. Some people yeah. like their grits sweet. Yep. Why yep. not? And you get that little scoop around with the turkey bacon. Yeah. The egg, get the scoop around. Man. Get the scoop around the plate, y'all. Now, I'm going to scoop around with real bacon, not turkey bacon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, don't eat, I don't eat pork bacon anymore. I don't eat the pork. Tiana doesn't need this. I tore awesome. some ribs up yesterday. <laughs> I tore them up. Hey, it's all good. I've been man. trying to stop eating meat altogether, but it's it's it was hard. Uh, man, I do the chicken and I ain't giving up chicken or seafood, but mm. I gave up the poke. But sometimes I do have flashbacks to that bacon. I do. I do. Man, ain't nothing like it. <laughs> Amen. <brother. laughs> Store tonight to get some. <laughs> Lord. All right. So this next one. Answer this question. In which city was Martin Luther King Jr. killed? Mm. Atlanta, Georgia, Washington D.C., Memphis, Tennessee, or Birmingham, Alabama? It was Memphis. Yep, Memphis. Memphis. Yep. They got that famous picture. Didn't they do it again this year? They always go out and like do like when everybody. I've, I've never been to to the site. Yeah, and they're pointing from the balcony. Damn, Jesse Jackson was there. Jesse Jackson been around for a long time. Jesse, that dude. Hey. Shout out North Carolina A and T Aggie Pride in the house. Oh, he went there. Oh. Yeah, Jesse. I feel like he's like that black man in our society who just shows up at every event. Like, yeah. and then Jesse comes. Like, <laughs> Michael passed away. Jesse there. <laughs> Princess passed away. Here comes Jesse. Like he, he was there when Martin Luther King got shot. Damn, he's that go-to black man. Who gonna be there when he died? Around for a minute. He must know a lot too. Oh, I'm sure he's. Yeah. 
gosh. You know, a lot of secrets. Seen. Right. Yeah. That's something like the stuff that he just knows. Let's do his interview. Talking about the Quincy no. interview. Exactly. <laughs> I feel like this might spark a whole bunch of people to come out and start doing interviews and just laying it out. It, I wouldn't doubt it. But it's going to have to be older people because I feel like they kind of get a pass. Yeah. yeah. That's I, I just told her, I think when you walked out, I was like, when you get children mm-hmm. and old people, you don't have that filter anymore. Yeah. Dang. I think as we get older, you learn to like, oh, don't say that. Be politically correct. Yeah. When you're a kid, you don't know better. When you're an adult, you just, you know better, but you don't care no more. Especially when you're speaking about Marvin Gaye and Michael Jackson. Like, you can't just speak on those people like that, you know, yeah. but. But see, that ain't right because you're speaking on people that are gone. Dead, yeah. That's a whole other thing, too. That ain't right. Yeah. Quincy better not be speaking on me. <laughs> Look, I'm, I'm saying, I'm like, hold on. You wanted his 20, well, you got 24. No. 24 girlfriends, whatever no. it was. There ain't going to be no reason to speak on me, though. But I will be that 70 year old person. Like, look, let me tell you what it is. <laughs> let me tell you what it's not. <laughs> Sip my wine. Shut your mouth. I already said I'm going to adopt the country accent. Hella from California, like, baby. <laughs> my roots. Um, it's our, is this our final one? Uh, this is the final one for Majority Rules. Okay. I'm kind of excited about this one, too. All so, right. best female R&B group of the 90s. Mm. So, uh, we I'm got ready. SWV, Escape, In Vogue, or TLC. Okay, you, gotta have, you have to sing you gotta go the song. Slow, yes. I got to okay, go so slow. We got okay. SWV. SWV. I get so weak. <laughs> Escape. Who can I run to? In Vogue. Hold on. TLC. So I creep. Yeah. Oh my God. I, I got emotions do no from each one. <laughs> That's your, your age. Because <laughs> you were like three years old when Creep came out. I was nine though. Talking about Creep. Yeah. Didn't know what Creeping was. Did not, but I wanted those silk pajamas. Um, <laughs> they had, yeah. Yeah. Me and my friends used to go to Macy's and try them on and dance in the mirror. I ain't gonna lie. Uh-uh. <laughs> Best. Damn, that just oh my god. Okay, it's a toss up. Like, yeah. So okay, in Vogue, right? From Oakland, mm. all beautiful women who mm. can all hella sing and they still look good. Escape, they all got like that. They go back on tour recently. They did, but mm-hmm. they, the candy's not with them. Escape, they got like the vocal. They also got like that. Like that hood like vibe to them. Like kick off your shoes and relax your feet. Mm-hmm. But uh, TLC? Who got the most hits, would you say? So I think mainstream level out of all those four groups, TLC. Mm -hmm. They're like the most mainstream appeal. Mm -hmm. I think we can cut out... uh, no disrespect to SWV, Coco with the long nails. Yeah, I, I had already... (laughs) We said, I was like, "Mm, it's not going to be them. But not... Mm -hmm. I think SWV, even though Weak... And all that was good. Yeah, that, was, uh, that song, Downtown, I didn't realize until I was an adult that they, yeah. I, was like, I was singing that when I was like seven years old. I, Lord. That's why kids need the <laughs> entertainment children. <laughs> I had no idea. I was like, they going downtown shopping. <laughs> I'm trying to go downtown. Right. I'm like seven years old. Lord. Um, I think, honestly, it's a toss up for I'm gonna me. Go TLC. I'm going to go TLC. I was going to say it's a toss up between TLC and In Vogue. Yeah, I'm going to go TLC. I'm mm-hmm. going to go with. In Vogue. Because, hold on, this is why. Even though, yes, TLC had that mainstream appeal, like, true R&B group. Like, we think about In Vogue, like, giving him something he can I, feel. My cousin hold on to love. I like In Vogue. That's why I like... Free your I'm mind. And they can all hella sing. Hold on. Like, don't you wanna be? Like, don't mm-hmm. let go. Oh, my God. I can't sing like they can. And I saw them live at Yoshi's. And they look good, too. And they, like, in their 40s. I'm like, goals. This one kind of hard for me because uh, I don't really know too much from In Vogue or Escape. 
I know the I know like one song from Escape, and that's the you know kick off your shoes. You don't know who can you run to? I probably would have to hear the song first. Oh my god, who can you run to? Will have you felt like I need love? Like it's that song. Like Literally. oh my god. Yeah, you really like. <laughs> I need a hug. <laughs> I feel like TLC is like the only group I know, no, right. because they, you know, and stay that's relevant. Over too, you get, yeah. you get, that's we're it. not that much older than you, but it's but, like mm -hmm. we're a whole decade older than him. Oh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, put that into perspective. My bad. Yeah. That's why he said no scrubs. Okay, <laughs> right? we were like fourteen, fifteen. He's like six. Like yeah, no second bad. grade, right? first grade. <laughs> But TLC is still, like, I love them. Don't get me wrong. I wanted to be left eye so bad. Like, hat to the back. Yeah. Creep. Like, I love the, the, the trajectory and how, like, TLC, like, stayed throughout the culture. But true R&B group, yeah. that's in Vogue. Yeah. I'm a vote in Vogue. What in Vogue song came out that was pretty big? Um, they had Hold On, they had, which was Never Gonna Get It, Never Gonna Get okay, It. Okay, yeah, I know they that Let's um, just go with Vogue. Let's just go with Vogue. Free Your Mind. He, he, he's I'm gonna have to do some research yeah, later like, after the podcast on the way back right to now. the East Bay. <laughs> um, but then they broke up, got back together, broke up, back got to, back, back mm. together. So okay, so invoke. We're going with invoke. Okay, this way. See, I, I fooled that one, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> right. This is our final question. This is the final question. So for our final question, approximately how long did Sophia have to fight? Five we did minutes. do this one last week. Oh, yeah, I did it last week? Yeah, so we do another, another one. one. Okay. <laughs> okay, we did that one. She had to fight all her life, for those who do not know. But we said that last week. All my life I had to fight. Okay. I had to fight my daddy. <laughs> did you do the Lift Every Voice? Because I heard you say that a couple of times. Did you do that one? No. Okay, so who wrote Lift oh. Every Voice and Sing, a.k.a. the Negro National Anthem? <laughs> Langston Hughes. James Weldon Johnson. Okay. Booker T. Washington, Maya Angelou. James. Okay. Just because that name sounds familiar, it's James. Okay, cool. I'm glad I wasn't playing the game because I would have definitely yeah. got my black but card revoked. Like the, the other verses, they didn't know how to start. But again, it's one of those, I think if it was programmed <laughs> from the beginning, we wouldn't feel so bad when we don't know. Unless you were like in a, like a super black or Afrocentric group. Like, nobody's saying that. Song. I don't think even if you were in the blackest group, anybody knows yeah. it. Because don't nobody know the Star Spangled Banner. Mm -hmm. All you know is, like, oh, well, I, I had to learn it just playing sports. So I learned it just see? having that from every game. I sports, learned it yeah. that way. I, saw, I know the beginning. And the same thing with, like, um, lift every voice and yeah. sing. Till earth and heaven. Okay, because at first I was like, let every voice. What come to my mind the is the thing on BET they used to show on Sunday. Uh, and then live. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it, it just didn't. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, stop. Stop it. I wasn't going to try. I'm like, look, I know I stock. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And all you go, and you just kind of like, yeah. And it's all that one person who knows all the verses. Usually people start out the first verse. Yeah, all you got to do, and I know that whole part when they go, sing. Good song. Yep. Exactly. That, that, <laughs> that. <laughs> I was waiting. Exactly. <laughs> Clap it up for Emmanuel, Emmanuel, guys. And, you know, so this, and this show, it's also a game show, you know, Black Car Revolt. It comes on BET. Yeah. Tony hosts the show. Oh, it's already on. Yeah, it's been on. Yeah. I didn't know. Yeah, I think, there, I think there are a couple episodes in. So, uh, yeah. Okay. Check out Black Car Revoked, you guys, and play along with your friends. And like I said, you do not have to be black to play. I know plenty of black people who have more black cards than I do. Mm. Believe on that. We should have a white card revoked. I'd play that. I, I, know, I know about some things in white culture. I'll listen to Green Day. I'll listen to Coldplay. 
You know, I go snowboarding, but that's not a white thing. I need to stop that. That's an everybody thing. We need to kind of break some of those stereotypes. Lord, forgive me. Good luck with that. I mean, that's a conversation to have in terms of, I mean, all honesty, I'm not for generalizations and stereotypes because I myself, like, yes, I am a black woman, but I also am a human being. And like, there are certain things I like to do that may not ascribe fully to black culture. But at the same time, yeah. you do have to kind of name certain things that do go in particular cultures. For sure, for sure. So, yeah. yeah. Mm. Hope you guys enjoyed that. I enjoyed that. Did you enjoy that, Jasper? Yeah, I had a good time. I had a good yeah. time. Yeah, all right. I guess, I guess somebody, Emmanuel, got to do some homework now about some of these groups. I know, man. I'm going to make you a playlist because we're living in that age. I would have made you a CD back in the day. <laughs> make you a playlist of In Vogue. They're beautiful women. I love In Vogue. So we're going to hop into um, the next segment, which is We Are Because They Were, as I stated er earlier, honoring historical black figures of our past and highlighting the present day people who are still carrying the torch towards freedom. The whole idea behind this, you guys, is at times during Black History Month, um, it's important to note that this isn't something that's just a particular time within the year. Black history is American history. And hopefully over time, the different figures that we are mentioning and naming aren't people you're not aware of. Because I said this last episode, and I'm going to say it again. Everybody knows who Christopher Columbus is, even though he did not technically discover America. And he really wasn't what we were taught. He, if anything, he was a tyrant and a horrible man. It's not what we're given, right? Mm -hmm. But how many people know who James Baldwin is or Stokely Carmichael or Angela Davis or Asada Shakur? And these are black figures in American history, but they're only highlighted during Black History Month or if you take an ethnic studies course. So with that being said, it's very important to acknowledge that this is a part of everybody's history and it's a part of who we are as an entire um, country. So we want to make sure that these people that we're highlighting, these movements, um, these shows, plays, music artists, whatever, there's something that you guys can all own and go further with your own research. And the way we're going to structure this is with the whole aspect of we are because they were, we're going to highlight a person of the past and connect them to somebody in present day culture who is doing the same work. So last week we highlighted a few different people. This week we're going to switch it up. I'm going to per se do a show. Jasper, do you have somebody? working on it okay that's cool that's fine um and i appreciate that because you're here as the guest and like i said if you don't this it's okay was, that's fine this is a tough one though like there's mm -hmm. this is a hard one for me I, you know, it's okay it's all right i'm gonna let you rock out all right cool 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 <laughs> so last week i did um julie dash who was the first african-american director to have a film theatrically released um entitled Daughters of the Dust, and I put her in conversation with um, Ava DuVernay. Um, this week, instead of per se highlighting a particular person, I want to highlight a show or two shows. And my highlight is without a... Well, we are... Wait, how can I say this? I said it last week, and now I just forgot it. It's okay. It's going to come back to me. Um, because... There it goes. Lord, thank you. Because of a different world, we now have a show called Grownish. So I'm putting those two shows in conversations with each other. So I'm going to start off talking about a different world. So if you do not know this show, you need to go on Netflix. You need to go on YouTube. You need to go on Hulu. You need to go to TV One. You need to go ask your older cousin or your older friend or sister or brother, uncle or somebody in your community and say, do you know a different world? And I guarantee you some of the, oh my God, it's a different world. Oh, don't have me sing the song. <laughs> the way you come from. <laughs> Oh my God, 
loved a different world. I HBCU think... stand up. You want to stand up? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, a different world aired. It was a television show that aired from 1987 to 1993 for six seasons. It was a spinoff from The Cosby Show. Um, I know everybody gives, despite all the, the um, allegations and charges against Bill Cosby, everybody gives a lot of, like, homage and air to, like, what The Cosby Show stood for. And, no, you know, much respect for that show and the cast and what it stood for for black people during mm-hmm. the 80s and 90s. But A Different World was my show. And because of A Different World, I can honestly say... That played a huge part for me as a young black girl at that time wanting to go to college. Because the show itself was a spinoff from The Cosby Show, and it followed Denise Huxtable as she made her trek to Hillman College, a fictional historically black college set in Virginia, which was really like a spinoff from like Spellman. <laughs> and basically taking on um, what it's like to be a young black person at a historically black college. Um, After the first season, though, it did come to Cosby and the producer's attention that the show itself wasn't really reflecting um, the true lived experience of a black college. So they brought on Debbie Allen, my unofficial godmother. She'll know one day when we meet. And she came (laughs) on. I love Debbie Allen. Oh, my God. I feel like that's my, like, oh, my God. Anyway, um, that's Felicia Rashad's sister. Um, She came on as the executive producer and just revamped the entire show. And the show itself has an array of eclectic characters from Dwayne Wayne to uh, Freddie to Whitley Gilbert to Mr. Gaines. All these different people like three-dimensional real people that you can see like either a part of yourself or somebody you know living that college experience and outside of the college experience the show itself was very ahead of its time for the different issues it was talking about they brought up topics in terms of like date rape they brought up topics in terms of like AIDS they brought up topics in terms of like black masculinity and women and the black family structure they even made an episode centered around the Rodney King riots which was if you read if you read more about the show and you also watch like the behind the scenes there was a big push for them for even for them to come out with that show because the executives did not want them to highlight a show to talk about those race race relations right at, during the time in America and they did that and the show itself too had a lot of different female writers and female directors and it was like a well-rounded comedic but like show that it was like set in a comedic way but it also would talk about real life stuff that you could relate to and like I said, as a young little girl, like at that time in my life, I remember being around six or seven and I really loved the character Freddie. I was like, I want to be just like Freddie because she was crazy as hell and she was funny and she was always like, we got to fight the power and fight the people. You really connected with the show and they went through a whole cohort of like first students and they came in later with Jada Pickett and with mm-hmm. Tupac and so many like black actors got like their start there. But you it- had so many sh- color so there was like an identity yes. issue like you know i'm dark black but i'm light-skinned black mm-hmm. and I'm inter- it, i mean they hit so many issues that are again still prevalent today yes and like i said way ahead of this time and i think if the generate like kids now don't know like that's that was the gold standard of like 
one, it encouraged a lot of people to go to college. Yes. Put HBCUs on the map. In terms of just uh, promotional and marketing efforts for HBCUs, you had, like, we were talking about Martin. Yep. Like, on his show, he would wear, like, a hoodie from, like, a Howard or a mm-hmm. Savannah. It was like a FAMU. Yeah. They, there was all that stuff that was created. You had this one show, and all these other things were created from yeah. just, you got your attention here. But let's just shed some light on all these areas within the black community. And I love how you just mentioned, because that's something that Debbie Allen talked about when she came in during second season, because the first season was completely different if you like watch it, because it just had Denise Huxtable and like a small array of characters. But the second season, it revamped. And Debbie Allen was like, we need the chocolate system. We need the light skin system. We need the caramel system. We need all faces of the black experience. And that goes into like, you will see a part of yourself or somebody you know, and that's what it's like. And you're right. And it really shows how I know at times we had this conversation on the podcast before in terms of your direct community does matter in terms of influence, but the media does, too. And so it's important that images like that are being seen. And it was such a great show. (laughs) I love a different world. I wish we could like have it playing right now in the background. I would just start like the first like. The first uh, season, they had Aretha Franklin singing on it. And then they had, when they came back later, they had Boys to Men. They had, like, the little 90s remix. Mm-hmm. I know my yeah. parents told me, stand behind me. <laughs> <laughs> it's a different world. It's a different world. Okay, let me stop, y'all. Uh, <laughs> I was like, let's see how long she goes. <laughs> Don't, oh, my God. I will go. I Lord, if you would have not chimed in with me, I probably would have went there. Went there. So, yeah, different. Do you want to say anything else about it before I mention Grownish? I mean, I lived the black, the black you college did. experience. So I think that's is very telling of, like, what school is really like because you have that eclectic mix of people. You have... You know, black kids who may have grown up in the hood versus one that came mm-hmm. from a privileged background. You know, you have your activist type. I mean, you have all that, and it's on one campus. And so if you go to any HBCU today, you still have that same mix of people. And it's it's like, we're, I mean, again, you go to school to learn more about yourself, and mm-hmm. then you start to connect with people, again, like-minded people, mm-hmm. right? You're like, we're both here on this campus. Don't matter how you got there, but you're here. Yep. And so yep. You're, you're almost forced into some of these relationships, or at least you find out what you like, what you don't like. But again, you're 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 learning so much about yourself, and that's why I think college is so important. And so that mm-hmm. show portray like, hey, yeah, you try a lot of different things. That's what college is all about, like exploration. A different and I world. think for people who don't necessarily go to school, you you don't have that set time in your life where you know you don't have all these obligations. You can just be. Yeah, it's, I'm gonna go to that step show. I'm gonna go to this football game. I'm gonna go to this party. I'm gonna go to this I need, class. I need to go to class, right? You know, it's like you have all that. It's like, well, that's kind of how the you're gonna have all these different things. And hey, pick what you like. Learn and you get to learn like. about yourself and learn about other people. And it's interesting because I know for myself, even though watching that show, I was like, yeah, I'm gonna go to Spelman. Yeah, I'm gonna go to Howard. And I applied to both them schools and I got in, but I saw them out of state fees. I was like, mm, <laughs> San Diego State, what's up with it? Hey, <laughs> all right, SDSU, Aztec. And, so, <laughs> and that's a big thing too, like being in California. I mean, you have the UCs I mean, and Cal States. Yeah, I mean, it always is a little more beneficial in terms of cost to stay in state, yeah. right? But you think about HPCs, they go as far west as like maybe you say Texas. I think there's one in Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. So like people who have maybe migrating their families who migrated from the south to like California, mm-hmm. you don't know about like hey, there are these schools. Yep. <laughs> that are people who look like you. Exactly. And it, it's it ends up being such a part of how you how you operate. Like even um, 
you know, I was in the business school and during my undergrad, and my dean talked about how he was like one of the first brothers to have a PhD. Mm. And it was crazy. I had an experience. I met a young lady through um, the National Association of Black Accountants. They had uh, mm -hmm. an event, and there was this white lady who's a professor. I forget what institution, but she's like, "You went to A and T? Do you know Dean Craig?" I said, "Dean Craig was my boy, and he's, mm. he's definitely older now. I know he, you know, when he retired, like I wrote him a big thank you letter about the impact he had on my life because when you're doing well in school." These people know, like, you're direct, like, if you came to my school and I put you out here into the real world, you ain't gonna act no fool and embarrass me. Like, we're gonna no, make sure you know something. that community yeah, and that connection. Like, he took it upon, like, yo, if you're doing good and doing what you gotta do in school, like, I'm gonna make sure you're gonna be successful. Yeah. And so he was like, I mean, he was like, Jasper, you, do you wanna go corporate or do you wanna go get a PhD? And he was, like, pushing those options on us to make sure, like, hey, no matter what you wanna do, this institution is going to support you. Yeah. And I was like, I don't even know you, dude. Yeah. But, like, you're you're their children. Like, whatever school you went to in your department, I mean, they feel like you're their kids. And see, what I, that's, and that's, like, the important, that's the important part. Well, one of the important parts of college, like, the community connection sure, that you build sure. with people. Yeah. And, like, even though the, I, would, I went to a school they would consider a PWI, which is called Predominantly White Institution, mm -hmm. what I learned at San Diego State was through my friends that I met, our own little community, we, even though it wasn't historically black college, through those small communities with the other people of color, we got that experience of our black own community. Yeah. Right? Oh, my God. And it's That's a whole <laughs> other... My campus, it was African Student Union with a K, and they would talk about the truth about Thanksgiving. Should you really be thankful? Like... <laughs> They were, oh, my Lord, that's a whole other conversation. But yes, shows like A Different World played an impact, amongst other things, that influenced our life so we can pursue that college education. And going into that, because of A Different World, we now have a show in today's culture entitled Grownish. I have to acknowledge I'm not the biggest fan of the name. I wasn't the biggest fan of Blackish either, the name at least. But... <laughs> In conversation with both these shows, it's the same thing. Grownish is an American sitcom that's a spinoff from the um, show Blackish. Mm -hmm. So similar to Cosby Show, Blackish is a show about um, a family growing up in the suburbs and their experience in modern-day black culture. Mm -hmm. And they have recently spun off this new show that recently just launched on January 3rd where the, um, their eldest daughter, Zoe, goes off into college. And it's now her modern-day experience in today's world in terms of what mm -hmm. college looks like through the lens of a young black woman. Mm -hmm. um, they're about 13 episodes in. They just got renewed for a second season. And I'm super excited for this show because for today's generation, it's their opportunity to get excited about higher education, their opportunity to see what it's like to go to college and get ignited and get excited and want to go to college as well. So I think, you know, it's important to acknowledge a show like A Different World and what it started. And also it's important to acknowledge a show like Grownish mm -hmm. to acknowledge that it's still continuing that on. Well, so, you, yeah. said, you said something big too about A Different World. I think it's just, it's the stuff that you see. It's the images, right? And when you see stuff time and time again, mm -hmm. you might not even think college was a possibility, but mm. then you start watching this show and you're like, yeah, I just want to go to school. That just looks fun, mm. right? And so I think a lot of these shows, and I, I think this one's very timely in terms of grownish because college is way different, right? Mm -hmm. Super different. I mean, you think oh, yeah. with all the technology and how we're... Can you imagine? Like, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, 
Yeah, like, this, right. like Facebook was just launching when we were in school. It's like and I you re- had, yeah. had, had a college. I, mm-hmm. And it, it didn't come to HBCUs. It was at, um, you know, I had friends who went to UNC Chapel Hill. So all the big schools got Facebook first. Oh. And so we heard about it through my friends at like UNC and Duke. And I was like, oh, what's that thing? It's this Facebook thing. <laughs> you know, and once it made it to the smaller campuses. And, and so now looking at Facebook now, like the kids don't know that's how no. Facebook was just this little site where you picked on. If y'all did not know, when Facebook first started, you needed a college account. Okay. Yep. Facebook email was. address. Yeah, yeah, so people be like, man, if I ain't got no college account, I'm going to go on MySpace. That's what people did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, forget Facebook. I'm bored anyway. And it was, it was, you think people are addicted now, but it was the new thing. And if you, again, you had to be in college to get on it. So mm-hmm. that was, it was almost like, well, let me go to a community. Like, you wanted to be in a school to maybe just so you could get logged on. And that was mm. the, it created that, I need to be a part of this movement. Yeah. It's this new thing that everybody's talking about. But if I'm not in school, I mean, if that's, I don't care what gets you to go to school and educate yourself, but that was one of those, like, I got to be in school so I can get on this site. Man, that's crazy. And that's when, like, social... Of course it was. I mean, that's also back in the time when we didn't have status updates. We didn't have likes. People were throwing virtual sheep at each other. It was really weird. But it was more so just about, like, posting certain pictures, and it really felt more like another way to communicate. That's what it felt like. Because I remember I got into Facebook... When I when I uh, went abroad to Singapore, so it was a way for mm, me to still true. keep in contact with family and friends. Because when I got off the plane, it took me two days before I got in contact with I anybody. I was just gonna try to holler at girls from other campuses. I would poke them. Hey, be my friend. Poking! Oh my god! I was like, what are you What? I was like, that still freaks me out. I was like, why are you Yo, poking me? So why are you poking me? I do it me? now randomly just to mess. You can still poke. You can still do it. It's it's not like I think it's embedded in like this it's, so I don't think it's as active like on the main page. It used to be like on your notifications. So it's so poke you. I'm like, yeah. you I'm like, yo, she poked me back. We going out. <laughs> I think she loved me. <laughs> Facebook pokes. No. Mm-mm. Your poke hasn't be- been accepted yet. Before the DM there was the poke. <laughs> so I'm gonna go check tonight, see how I mean. Your poke hasn't been received. I was like, <laughs> I know she logged on. I never poked anybody back. I was like, don't poke me. Send a message. <laughs> like, <laughs> okay. Don't poke me back. I back. digress. <laughs> yes, you guys. Everybody gonna check their pokes tonight. They're gonna be like, where is that feature? It's still on there. See how many I didn't you got know out that. Yes, you guys, we are. Because of a show like A Different World, we can now have a show like Grownish, and we honor both of them. Thank you for the creators, the writers, the directors, the actors for inspiring us and putting that seed within us to know that we are capable of going to college. So, yes, um, we can hop right into... We could. You did such a great job on that one. (laughs) What I can say for the listeners out there, since Michael and um, Damon are not with us tonight... For the next two weeks, when we do do this segment of We Are Because They Were, each other host does have an opportunity to highlight. So, like for our past episode, there were three of us. So, yeah, it's all good, though, because you were here to talk about Build Wealth. Sure. So, we're going to scoot right on in to the take uh, root and give yeah. back. What? What? We're going to give back. We're going to give back. Mm. We're dancing, y'all. Get, get, we need a they DJ. Can't see, they can't see us dancing they can't, right Well, they can see right there. Get it, get it, get it. We're going to get a DJ for, like, the next, like, season, y'all. It's got to be live up in here. It's going to turn into the Seed You So Club. Now- <laughs> you, should host it, you should host it in a garden. Oh, like a day party. city gardens, you should roll up and say, look, I do this podcast called The Seed You So. Boom, I'll take my 10% when y'all blow up. Dang. Think about all these community gardens. You can go to the community and do this show. That's so true. It could be like a day party. 
Oh my god, let's do that for summer. All right, brother, we are gonna do that. So take my ten percent. <laughs> <laughs> Jasper Smith of the Build Wealth Movement, as earlier as you guys have, we noted, was our first official guest on the Seed You So podcast, where we had the opportunity to talk about wealth in the black community. And Jasper has just been doing a phenomenal job with being consistent with his passion towards making sure that people, black people, are being educated aware consistent consistent and committed to building their wealth and being more financially responsible so we're going to give jasper a time right now to talk about what has the build wealth movement Ooh. been doing since the last time you were on the show back in august so i think i was saying this before so i listened to the last show so i, I had all the stuff that i was working on so a lot of that stuff has come to uh, fruition so uh for this year i was planning to do i wanted to do a couple things that you know, made sure that I was always going to be hosting something or speaking somewhere. Mm-hmm. So what I launched was the the Bill Wealth uh, Half Hour, which mm-hmm. is a it's a half an hour. You you log it's all virtual. <clears throat> it's every second and fourth Thursday. I'm looking at it right now. Yep, second and fourth Thursday. Uh, it's 30 minutes, and I get off. Like it's I keep everything on. It's just giving you some basic information as it relates to budgeting, investments, retirement, credit, college planning, and life insurance. And so I said, you know what? I, I, I've done so many workshops, and at some point within an hour, you start to lose people. And you realize that you might have needed, again, one of two, one or two of those topics. Emmanuel might have needed all four. And then it's like, well, the whole hour wasn't as valuable as it could have been because you only needed a few things. So I wanted to break down each one of these topics and say, you know what? Come to the session that you think will serve you best. Okay. You know, so I do this one virtually because, again, I'm from North Carolina. I have a lot of friends on the East Coast who are like, you know, I can't come to California to see you. So now I've taken out that objection of, well, I can't get out to see you can log in online. You can do it using technology phones, through a productive technology way. Enables me to still be present all the time. So again, wherever you are in the world, if you got Wi-Fi, are they recorded too? If people can't um, log in live, are they able to so I have access? Been recording them. Okay. So that's the yeah. next step. Yeah, that's okay. that is right, the next so step. webinars. Recording them, and so that way I can actually just say, hey, just if you want to purchase one of these, you know, I've seen some people build that model where they record yeah. a lot of their, their work. You should, yeah, you definitely package and say, hey, look, maybe you just need that this session. Yeah. And there are a lot of gems that I've, you know, I will share during each one of those individuals, and those are those sound bites that I need to capture. So I, you know, I listen back to the recording, kind of take my notes. Mm. Um, but this has been a way to say, you know what, every month. I'm going to be out here trying to help somebody have this conversation, Mm. right? And again, I don't know what your issue is, and it doesn't matter. We all got a lot of financial issues, but we got to start attacking them. Mm -hmm. And these are, I mean, these conversations, I mean, this this Bill Wealth half hour, it's basic stuff. I mean, I'm just trying to keep it so simple to where you feel like you can actually do it like tomorrow, in a month, three months, six months. So this was the first effort that I was uh, working on, which I got done, the Bill Wealth Half Hour. But I love doing stuff in person. Yeah, of course. That uh, in-person connection is important. It's huge. I I love just being... I can see all the non-verbals, right? So if you're on a call... You might not be totally tuned in because of all the other distractions around you. But when I have a captive audience, now I can see... You know, when I say a, a word and you squirm, it's like, ooh... Let's talk about that. I, I, it looks like your wheels are turned. Like, do you have some thoughts on something that I just said from the presentation? So mm. the other effort is the um, 
young lady, Daisy, loving mm-hmm. to death. So she has a, a health center. Uh, it's called the uh, Resilient Wellness Health Center in okay. Oakland. And uh, we connected. And so I'm hosting. I just did my first one uh, yesterday. Okay. So this one's in person. It's at the health center. And what we're doing is those same topics. I think mine is college planning. Okay. But every second Saturday. Uh, started, it started this month, and we're going through November. We're going to be doing, again, budgeting, credit, life insurance, retirement, and um, investments. And so we're going to do each topic twice. It's the same maybe 30 to 45 minutes of me talking or sharing stories and really interacting with the group. But now you have a chance, if you're local in the Bay Area, to come see you live. And again, yeah. the same thing, right? Maybe you just need help with managing your money. I, people make good money out here, and we don't know what to do with it. Some people make good money. What's the numbers? Well, I guess like I guess that's a whole other conversation in terms of like the people that have been like displaced and all that other stuff too. Yeah. So yeah, that's real. That's are real. you like? And with that being said, like these these services are for those who per se make good money, and are also for people no, who are they're for everybody. For yeah, everybody. So exactly. So here's here's what, yeah. here's what happened. I, I learned this too. I learned that I can never please everybody in terms of like a price point. Meaning, and I think we talked about this before, but like I do a lot of free stuff, you know, through the Urban Financial Services Coalition. I volunteer a lot, and it's tough to get people to come to free stuff. And then, you know, mm. on the personal side with my consulting, it's a little more expensive because that's time out of my day yeah. that I'm devoting to you. So I need you to be serious and commit to this process, right? Mm-hmm. And then these workshops. So the Bill Wealth Half Hour, which is online, is ten dollars. No, so you're not guys- only ten dollars. Mm. <laughs> so, so you know what? Calm down. And so then, with the the resilient wellness Bill Wealth Workshop series, that one's fifteen dollars. So it's like, well, you could look at it like this: like people spend ten dollars at a drink at the club, or they'll spend you know fifteen dollars you know between two a couple of meals when they go to Jack in the Box and you shouldn't be eating there, but you do. But you know what I mean? So like people need to put into spe- perspective like where they're putting their money anyway. And so like if you think about this, this is like an investment so you can know how to mm-hmm. manage your money better and in the long haul it's going to benefit you. And then also too, I know you were saying you break it down in a very simplistic way. And I think that's great because these need to be things that become normalized in our community. You, you just said the word. And and that's what uh, we were talking about on Saturday at the workshop. It was, we just don't talk about it. Mm-hmm. Again, it's one of those subjects like sex, politics, religion, and money. We just don't talk about it enough. So it's not the norm. Mm-hmm. And I think you need to get overly comfortable talking about your financial matters. Because once, mm-hmm. once you get comfortable, it just becomes, it's, it's just another day. We're talking about money. So what? Mm-hmm. Everybody does it. But I know everybody at this point doesn't talk about money do you i'm just that question just popped into my mind in terms of like when you're leading these workshops because i think in terms of talk about money there has to be a level of like security and confidence Mm -hmm. and so for some people from some certain backgrounds like to get there it's not that easy so do you ever like address that yeah Mm -hmm. so the budgeting class i wasn't always good at budgeting Mm -hmm. I sucked at it. And I was a financial planner. And I told the story about I used to have meetings with clients and I would say, hey, complete this budget for our appointment and let's see kind of what your cash flow looks like. And I felt so hypocritical because I was like struggling with budgeting personally. But again, Mm. you put on that good front like, hey, I know what I'm doing. This is going to help you. But I'm not subscribing to the advice that I'm actually giving. Mm. And at a certain point, I was like, the further I go in life, I can't keep being this hypocrite. So all the stuff that I share, I've either done it 
or I've, you know, seen it be successful for clients of mine. So I might not need a certain product, but I can see the value of a certain product depending on where you are in life. And I can give you all the pros and cons as to why you need it and why you don't need it. But if you can afford it, you need to get it. And that's any product or solution that's on the market. And so I just started sharing my personal story about how I came. I had to come to grips with all of these topics. Mm -hmm. I understand the importance of all of them. But let me tell you what I do. Now, this is, you know, and I, and I share my personal stuff. Like, hey, I started, you know, this budgeting strategy. I started learning. I started reading more about investments and understanding the markets go up or down. So last week or yeah, last two yeah. weeks, the market took a dip. Yeah. And, and this is how I know people aren't necessarily trained, which is what I talk about in the Investments 101 class. The market's going to be your friend someday, and it's going to be your enemy the, ne- the next day. But if you don't understand how investing is done from a long-term perspective, you're always going to be up in arms about, oh, the Dow was down today, the Dow was up, and people blow me up. The market's down, what you think about it? It probably will go up tomorrow. There will be a correction. So what do you think then, too? And this may be a challenging question. Go Let me know. It, go for it. Um, so we talked a lot about, like, there's a lot of power in knowing your position as a person in this culture Mm -hmm. and like the privileges that we all hold right Mm -hmm. and so the one thing I remember when I first met you the whole build wealth I was like I love that because to me it always debunked that whole get money get rich right but at the same time there we are living in a time where there are certain people who are just thinking about I just need to get my next meal I just need to pay my rent so for some people they're living so much in like that survival mode that they can't even think about something like life insurance Because, like, I've even noticed myself, I'm like, dang, to even have life insurance, which is unfortunate, like, it's a privilege. It is, like, to even have the moment to even think about it and to plan around it. So my question to you is, like, knowing that we are still living in a time where we do, especially in the black community, we have that, that issue right now of, like, people who are living in that survival mode of getting rich. What do you think is, like, your method to, like transform in any way you can to have people thinking about building wealth great question so here's how i do it and it's it's again to me it sounds simple but i know it's not Mm -hmm. you got to have a goal and you got to break it down there's kind of three levels to it and i started um and i heard this some years ago and i started adopting this and using it in all of my my sessions is that you need to have uh, what's called a quick win meaning something you can do today, tonight, tomorrow, within the next... Like, for example, let's say you always struggle with budgeting. Mm -hmm. How about you take the first step and just download a budgeting template? Mm -hmm. That's a quick one. You just, on your phone, on your computer, you you took a step forward. Mm -hmm. You hadn't even started to write down the numbers, but you took the step. So Mm -hmm. now you've shown me you're you're committing to this process, right? Mm -hmm. So you took the first step. And then you... Maybe you need a big win. So the number, mm. so you need a quick win, and then you got to think about big wins. So a big win could be, you know, I download the budget and template today. Um, I'm going to work on doing my budget for the month of February. I'm mm. new to this, so let's see how it works. Mm. So you commit to saying, okay, maybe by the month, the third month, if I can do a budget all of this month, March and April then I may have start to form a new habit. Mm, okay. So now I've taken you. I got you to take a step, take some action. I've got you to do a little bit more, but now you're seeing like, oh, this is why doing a budget is going to help me get over Mm -hmm. my money management struggles. Mm -hmm. And then the last one, which is the toughest, is the the ongoing victories. These are the habits. We've all got some bad habits, myself (laughs) included, right? (laughs) So now it's, it's, and the example that I give with money is don't be the emotional spender. 
So I have a lot of women clients who were like, oh, when I get upset, I go shopping. So mm -hmm. that retail therapy, that's that's a that's an issue. But emotional spending is a habit that you've built up for so long, but it's gonna take us a long time to <laughs> to to get you to stop that's it's tough to break but it's a habit that yeah. is killing you because every time you feel bad you go buy some shoes or a purse or go on a trip or i'm like that just sets you back another five months or just even like for like the young kid that's like i'm gonna go get these jordans or whatever right. but it's like you know it's, it's 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 an internal thing it's a cultural thing it's something that has to be acknowledged and addressed so yeah and, and yeah again, that doesn't matter where where you're from like you need a yeah. quick win like i do this i need a quick win because i need to feel good right now there's that emotional piece right the, the again the bill wealth movement is trying to change the temporary people, fix right i am trying to get people to change the way they think mm. and feel that's it if i can do one of those or both everything's gonna change i've lived it like, I'm not saying this just because I'm just some guy who's read some books and taken tests to sell financial products. No, I've lived it personally. It sucks when you don't have money. So I got tired of feeling like shit. <laughs> <laughs> but sometimes people just are okay being in their position. And that's what hurts my heart. Yeah, You yeah. say you want to do better, and then you don't. Like I told you about the email store. I get people all the time. They would email me and say, hey, I saw you at this workshop or this community event. Looks like you might be able to help me out. I'm like, yeah, I can. But here's what it's going to cost you. Yeah, mm -hmm. it may be some money involved. Yes, it may be some of your time. And yes, it is going to be uncomfortable. It's going to be work, too. We don't want to work. That is, one, that is one the answer. So wait, so I remember you said you were going to ask us a question. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Please tell us the question. All right, so let me give you the story first. So I was doing a, a workshop at the, was, oh, what was it? Um, the Leadership Public Schools Conference at St. Mary's. So I was there on Friday, and I okay. did two, uh, two hour-long sessions. You with stay in the community. Yeah, I love the Jasper kids. Jasper be going. <laughs> but I love the kids because I think they're more... I, I can actually have a bigger impact because they they haven't yet formed... They formed some habits, but not as bad as adults. Yeah, you so the kids, there's still like some hope. Like, yeah, I know y'all can get this, and then you can challenge your parents, and now y'all can start that dialogue at the house. Yeah. So here's the question. I'm going to ask both of y'all. Um, if you were going to get a credit card... Okay. So let's say, like, we leave here today, and we're like, hey, I'm going to go get a credit card. What's the first thing you're going to look at to determine what card you get? I'm going to look at what's going to... The first thing. The first thing... So you... He says interest. What do you say? I'm going to say what's going to benefit me in terms of, like, if I'm going to use this, are there some type of cashback rewards or Perfect. travel? We're good. Perfect. So you failed the test. So here's what happened. Let me say... Let me tell you. Why? <laughs> So thank you, Aisha. Thank you. So so that but here's here, but but here here's the here, here's the experience and it, and I I was doing the workshop on Friday and so I'm talking to the kids about credit and how the game works and how you should, you know, use your credit card, pay it off in full. Yeah. And so I was explaining how the interest rate will never apply to you if you don't carry your balance month over a month. And so as I'm explaining this, yep. a gentleman walks into the room. I knew he was one of like maybe the teachers or the facilitators, ends up being the kid's principal. And I said, oh, my God, I'm doing this activity. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. And I told the kids how, like, adults, I've had highly successful people, and they all say interest rate. I said, but there's a, there's a this is the way you think about credit. So I said, same question. He said, he oh, said, going he said APR. I said, fail. And so and the kids started laughing because I was telling them the whole story. So here, here's why you, you shouldn't think about the interest rate. If you're going to get a credit card and you're worried about the interest rate, you've already told yourself that you're going to overspend or you're not going to pay off the balance in full. So you're already paying your financial institution more money than they actually deserve. And to Aisha's point, when the kid's like, well, what do you look for? I look for rewards. I look, does your card have an annual fee? 
you know, those are my first two. What kind of rewards? And does this car have an annual fee? Travel rewards. Right. So, so right. So, and I knew, so but, but that's the mindset of how you should choose. When you think, again, if I'm already telling myself I'm going to owe some money and that's the biggest factor, you've already lost. Now, interest does matter for like big ticket items like a house, a boat, a car. I mean, that you know you're going to have that for a long time. So you transfer the, balance. Right. So the interest <laughs> does have a little more bearing on that decision because yep. you're going to you're not paying for that right off the gate. But just spending, you got to get that in check. And so I was telling the kids mm. my credit story. I've never had bad credit. But when that principal walked in, I mean, I was blown away because I, I couldn't have paid for that lie. He's the principal. And we had a good, I sent him an email. He responded late last night, but it was like that interaction just changed all 35 of those kids. I was telling them some story, mm. and they're probably like, he's full of shit, but like, <laughs> you know, it was like, it's a guy in a suit. He look, you know, he's, it sounds good. And then I validated my point about having mm. a complete stranger walk in. I said, would you be willing to answer this question and yeah. take this test? And, and the kids were like, that was amazing. I said, but kids, that's the problem that nobody's telling people you shouldn't be worried about the interest rate first. Only if you're willing to make sure that you're consistent, committed enough to paying off your balance. And that's what we And you about. need to be. And, and you what, need and to I, be. And I told him my story. I said, you pay. I said, there's nothing wrong with maxing out a card. And one of the kids like, yeah, it's not. There's nothing wrong with maxing out your you credit card off. unless you pay it off. And he was the only. It was. It was a brother. It was a young brother. And I was Shout like, out to the young brother. I said, he gets it. And, but he came up after the class and he was like, yo, man, I was so impressed with you today. And so actually, I'm trying to get to their high school in Richmond to go do oh, it. Okay, he, was, he was like, here's my principal. Here's this teacher. So I went to the website. I sent an email. I said, this student was so impressed. And he was like, I want everybody in my school to get this message. Mm, but he was mm. hip to the money game. So I commend his parents for having that dialogue at the house. Because it was only maybe... Starts at home, And man. I always ask the kids, like, do y'all talk about money? And a few of the kids were like, it's always around, like, bills. Because I know a lot of people are struggling. Mm. So, like, a few, a few of the kids work, but they were helping their parents, like, with money. And I was like, man, that's a tough situation. But, again, the fact that they're in tune with understanding bills is going to help them when they get that job or get out of college and get that promotion. They're going to know, I got to take care of the home front. Yeah, yeah. I got to be a real adult first and take care of the house, mm. and then I can go enjoy myself. But I also got to learn how to invest. Delayed, uh, as my Grat friend Ashley says, <clears throat> delayed gratification yeah. when we're living in a very much instantaneous gratification mm -hmm. society. So it is important to acknowledge, as you had said earlier, to attack. Got to. You have to. We have to be mindful. We have to be aware. And we have to combat the false images and ideas that we're giving yeah. because delayed gratification in the long haul is so much more beneficial. And it's better to have that type of mentality in, re in reference to like your um, spending and budgeting habits. And you and I have talked about this. I'm working with um, Jasper. We had a coming to Jesus moment. We did. We did. And in your email, again, I'm, but your email is the kind of stuff that I save and I share at workshops because it's. Don't take it from me. Like, mm -hmm. I love when people give me a testimony or a referral. Like, you, it's like, don't take it from me. Don't think of me as an expert. Mm -mm. Look, look, look at somebody who looked just like you, who came from your neighborhood, and let them tell you what I just told you. Because when it's packaged differently, people tend to listen. Mm -hmm. So don't, don't listen to Jasper, the local guy who's telling you what it is. Maybe Jay-Z's guy, when Jay-Z dropped the verse on 444 about credit, now everybody want to talk about credit. I mean, uh, it's, it's, it's it, if that's what it's going to take to get you to move, True. I'm all for it. True that. That True helps that. the build wealth movement. It helps every other financial professional out there because it, unfortunately, it has to take somebody of stature 
to tell you what you already know. But at least somebody of stature is putting something like that out there, yeah. as opposed to like get money, get money, yeah. money cash hoes, money cash hoes. Uh, he because he literally did have a song. Money, to, of course, yeah. he did money cash hoes. Now he said credit, and that's great. <laughs> <laughs> we all progress. It's all good. So, what would you say for people right now? You definitely have to highlight ways for people to contact you yeah. and what to expect in the next upcoming months or even just weeks or yeah, whatever sure, you want to sure. highlight. So definitely uh, been, so I do a, a, a tip of the day on, on Instagram. So every day, yeah, every day, literally. So every day. Mr. <laughs> underscore build wealth. That's the, that's the personal uh, handle. And then I have at the build wealth movement. That's also, that's the, the business side, but I do a tip every single day because again, people always say, well, I want some free information. I started this last August. I think I started it maybe right before I did the first show. You did. You and, was going. And I was like, you were just, going after that. Try. I remember that. And it became this thing to where I'll see people like, man, I've been watching your videos. Like I went home for the holidays. Like, man, I love your tips. And all that I would wish is that if you see the tip and it moved you somehow, some way, did it move you to, enough to take a step? Because people are seeing it, but they're not calling me. They're not emailing me. My inboxes aren't flooded, and that's okay because money's still uncomfortable for a lot of people. People are listening. People are responding. And that's and that's in a different like way. Said, I'm not doing it for the followers. I'm doing it because I know you, there's somebody who needs this message. You don't have to like it to, to to act on it. I look at a lot of articles that I might not ever share, but I personally will adopt. Like, oh, that was good. I'm gonna go yeah, do this today. Man. Yeah. Right. So it's out there, and it just I'm not gonna stop. And I think upcoming. I'm trying to do more of these sessions at, um, I'm trying to tap into like these corporations. That's the yeah. next big one. Um, one of the young ladies who attended my workshop on Saturday, you know, she works with um, the juvenile justice system. And she was mm. talking about, and she's a case manager. She's like, I got these kids 18 to 24 and she's doing a financial literacy curriculum. And she's like, I ain't no financial expert. And I said, thank you for sharing that because I am ready to come in and do this work because individuals are tough and so I'm working on how can I get in front of more groups that's mm -hmm. the biggest effort over the next month or probably for the, at least the rest of this year is how many more groups will at least invite me out to do a talk and if it's on one of those topics or all the topics I don't really care but I think the more groups I get in front of is going to be more beneficial to the movement but what I've learned too is I have to survey the group before I come talk so again, I'm not gonna waste the hour on all five or six topics if everybody in your group just want to talk about retirement. Like yeah. I'm, I'm wasting my time talking about budget, credit, and everything else. It's like, what do y'all want? Mm. And I'm challenging people to tell me what you want before I just start giving you this information because that information is gonna fall on deaf ears. Wow. And you know, I'm just looking at your Instagram right now. Make sure you guys follow him as he had stated, Mr. Underscore Build Wealth. Um, you're right now at 1,299 posts. So I'm excited for your 1,300 posts, which will probably come tomorrow or in the next hour. Um, but you know, I appreciate, admire, and respect the work that you're doing because to put out the message, the framework, the idea, especially within the black community to acquire, own, and build this sort of wealth is mm -hmm. so important mm -hmm. in terms of the things we want to do. Because yeah. I, I truly believe that money should not rule us. I agree. But we should let money work for us. 
And we should know how to have a healthy relationship with money. And so the work that you're doing within our with the young people within the community going into the corporate world if you keep you're going to keep on with that consistency keep on with that commitment it's going to pay off and it's going to take off the movement is going and i'm with it i'm all with it all day every day and we're gonna you know what because yes we're gonna come back on the show because we're gonna do the wine and wealth hour we're gonna plan for that we're gonna do that you guys and also too like you're gonna come back on the show and like we're gonna have this whole conversation like i want to dig deep and more into this conversation about like how do you get people to get comfortable with talking about money? And then also too, like acknowledging the fact that it's a, it's, it's a harsh reality. I'm not, and I'm a visionary. I'm a visionary with a plan, but there are people out there that are just like, I don't have time to think about a budget. I ain't got time to think yep. about this. I am just trying to survive. So we also need to talk about that. Yeah. And, and you have to, I mean, you can't, I can't skip that step. Like even on the, when I talk about budgeting, yeah, if you ain't got no income, just, 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 just leave. Like you gotta go. But get that's, a, that's a whole other conversation, though, yeah, right? That's is. a whole other yeah. conversation because it's like that's a reality for somebody out yeah. there. And how does somebody start building wealth if they're just living off of like subsidized public assistance? Public yeah. assistance. Yeah. Like, how do we break that? So, and you, and you, we're gonna get to that. Yeah, it's, there, that's we need, whole. We don't. We don't. We don't <laughs> bring you back for that. It's gonna be a whole furniture gonna be moving. People gonna sweat out their edges, but it's gonna be good though. Like, <laughs> Make sure your edges are laid, y'all. Coconut oil. Uh, <laughs> thank you so much, um, Jasper. Always love having you on the show. Please, you guys, follow him. No, support him. Support him. Support the movement. Um, check him out on Instagram. Hit him up. We're going to have him back on the show, and we're definitely going to come back to this topic of build wealth because as black people, we need to make sure our money's right. We do. And, I, again, I think I told you before, I have an affinity for my people, but I know money's green, and it affects a lot of communities. That's very true. So I don't Thank you. put Thank myself you. in this little bubble like, oh, it's just black. No, it's like everybody. And That's I, very again, true. Thank you. All races, and, and it's just everybody has this issue. And I'm just going to keep pushing for us. I commit, you know, I want to thank you for having me on this platform to be able to share this stuff. And again, if you already have it together, share it with a friend. Mm, mm, you know, mm, that, 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 you might be good, but there's somebody close to you who may not be. And they're not telling you. They're not going to tell you. Or you could also be, oh, I'm good, but you know you have the potential to be better. Yep. Yep. And I know, like, that's the conversation that, like, you and I have been having. Like, oh, I'm cool. I'm handling stuff. But I'm like, mm, there's some things I'm not handling. <laughs> so, you know, we all have areas of growth. Growth right. is good. Right. We're going to go into the next topic. I've noticed, though, that this is two weeks in a row we've gone over time. I think it's because the Black Card Revoke is so much fun. And then, like, you know, that's we go into the We Are. <laughs> and then it's like, oh, my God. But we always have to highlight books you guys i love books oh my god i am such an i literally read this book that i'm about to highlight i literally read it yesterday and finished it today like that's how much i love books and mainly because a good writer is a good reader and i'm currently working on a book myself and i'm writing a new play so i love books and i want you guys to read because reading allows you to be critical, to be creative, and allows you to engage and communicate and just be an overall great person. There's a book for everybody out there, I guarantee you. Sure. So we have a couple of books. Should I go first or do you want to go first? Ladies first. Ladies first. <clears throat> Ladies first. So to make sure there's like a nice, well-rounded plethora of books, I'm going to highlight two, but I'm going to be really quick. So we've mentioned Mr. Toure. Hey, hey. I like his name, Toure. <laughs> 
When we, <laughs> Lord, okay. Get your life. I know. My life is God. <laughs> is that, that's not even correct English. Get your life. I'm like, my life is God. It's, I don't even know how to respond to that. I have my life. Um, so we mentioned him on the Let's Talk About Sex um, episode with the sexual wholeness. Um, so Two Ray Roberts, who is a pastor, author, uh, motivational speaker, just recently released a new book of his entitled Wholeness, Winning Winning in Life from the Inside Out. What I can say about this book is it basically talks about what does it mean to be whole? Um, and anything that's going on in your life externally is really only a reflection of what's going on with you internally. Um, I think without giving too much away, there is something anybody can get from this book in terms of if you are looking to progress, if you are looking to make sure that you are at your absolute best and at your absolute if you're looking to begin if you're looking to become your absolute wholeness of whole person of who you want to be in life if you're willing if you're able and if you're open to that pro, uh, process um sorry so i'm like um the book is a, the book is it's amazing and there's a lot of it's it's delivered in a very simplistic form but depending on where you're at you can get a lot from it and I appreciate it and I want to acknowledge it because I think to Ray as a pastor, let you be someone who's spiritual or non-spiritual, you can still connect to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, just thinking about this whole, I, like even going back to the Bill Wealth thing, like I, I just really believe in everything in my spirit. Like you really can't accomplish anything in life unless you are internally correct. Just yeah. straight up. If you're not good with who you are within yourself, you ain't, <laughs> you, ain't you ain't gonna make it. So this is like not like the answer per se, but it's a good catalyst or maybe it's something to help you along the way. So I would definitely recommend wholeness from the inside out. And I just noticed the two books I'm highlighting today are non-fictional books. In the past, I've been highlighting a lot of fictional books. In the spirit of Black History Month, because I've been highlighting all black authors, I want to highlight party music, the inside story of the Black Panthers band and how black power transformed soul music. Um, I was listening a lot to Marvin Gaye, um, James Brown, Funkadelic, all types of music from my childhood that my dad would play. And this is a nonfictional book that highlights the different historical soulful bands who use their art to talk about what was going on in the community. And I'm proud to acknowledge that my uncle, Uncle Sluggo, a.k.a. Uncle Michael Torrance, it's highlighted in this book. <laughs> he was a part of the Lumpen Band. And if you if you can zoom in, um, Emmanuel, he is the young brother right here. <laughs> right there, right there. That's my Uncle Sluggo, as we call him, a.k.a. Uncle Michael. Nice. That's him right there. Nice. Um, And it's important. Like, I I highlight this book because, one, as I stated, things that go on socially, um, the things that are going on right now in our culture, there's so many different ways for us to attack it. Um, Activism isn't just protesting. Activism is build wealth. Activism is your writing. Activism is a podcast. There's so many different ways to put information out there. And I remember as a child when Michael Sluggle would talk about his um, involvement with the Black Panther Party and how he did it through music, that inspired me as a writer. So I would highlight or I would highly recommend that you guys check out Party Music, The Inside Story, The Black Panther's (laughs) Band, and How Black Power Transformed Soul Music by Ricky Vincent. 
great book. And it's also forwarded by Boots Riley, who is currently, he just got done directing a film in Oakland. Hmm. Oh, my God. What was the name of the film? I'm going to, they were here all summer, you guys. They had, like, all of downtown shut down. I am pulling it up right now because it's making me sorry to bother you, which is coming out soon. And they just filmed it in Oakland. So those are the two books that I would like to highlight for this week. What is your book, Jasper? So mine is entitled, Why Should White Guys Have All the Fun? All right. How Reginald Lewis Created a Billion Dollar Business Empire. So I don't recall who recommended this book. I know it wasn't a black person. I was out having a coffee meeting. <laughs> and this is why I say, you know, you never know who's going to like be that kind of uh, guide for you in your professional career. So I'm having a coffee meeting and the gentleman says, hey, you know, there's this book you should probably read because if you're thinking about like business and trying to be successful, you need to read about like these pioneers who like killed the game. Mm. And you think business, a lot of people may not have ever heard of Reginald Lewis, but um, he was like one of the first like African-American billionaires. Like he wow. killed the game. Uh, I won't get into like the, all the details about he did the first um, first African-American to do a leveraged, leveraged buyout. I'll save you all the details. It's, it's a big deal if you can do one of those. But they weren't, like, brothers don't do that. And he was always one of those. He did that. He did it. Um, you know, the crazy thing is he he had this aura of, like, I'm going to do this. And there's nothing you're going to do to get in my way. Wow. And he was so driven. I mean, you, you talk about, like, expectations and goals. But wow. he was sharp. So when he was in these meetings, he was like, I already know I'm black. You know, he went to an HBC, he went to Virginia State, mm. he went to Harvard Law. I think he has a building or something. He donated a lot of money back to Harvard, but also to Virginia State. I think there's a museum in his honor uh, back in Baltimore, if I'm not mistaken. They, they built a museum around this brother. Like, he's large. Mm. And a lot of kids, I think, even into business, you want to see, like, a brother killing the game? Mm. He, he was that guy. All right. And the crazy thing about it is that, and this is, again, it hurts my heart, but he passed away at 50 from brain cancer. Damn, thank And so you're like, dang, like, what if he was still around today? Like, what, what would he be doing? Mm. I mean, he had jets. I mean, he was an international businessman. Like, and he was, he lived that life. <laughs> I'm like, looking at his picture. Look, yeah. <laughs> he just looked like that man. Like, look, y'all. You know, his office was on Wall Street. I mean, he was... I'm, everything that y'all say that a businessman should be, like he was like, I'm gonna do that and then some. Wow. So that book changed my life in terms of how you go out here and get it. Yo, if you want it, you can go get it. Dang. Want you it, can you go. can go get it, y'all. So y'all hear that? The title alone was like, I gotta read it. Cause it, you know, I mean, it's, yeah. you know, again, blacks don't get to certain levels in corporate or any industry for that matter. And so we still have those issues with being the top dog. He was the top dog. Like, mm. here's what we're about to do. And so I think it, it's, it's good for aspiring entrepreneurs. I think, like, business kids across the country should have to... That should be, like, a required reading at mm. HBCUs. Like, I think about, like, how you can really program our kids to really seek to be the best. I'd never even heard of it. Never at all. Right? Brother exactly. Emmanuel back there, like, yeah. yeah like, like, these, these, change, like, you'd be like, oh, he's gangster. Like, <laughs> in every sense of the word. But it was like, here's what I have to do. Because, again, for black people in business, you gotta be a thousand times better and he internalized that but he was like here Dang. here's what I'm gonna do I'm hoping and praying for the day where we can just be who we need to be at, at the same level of anybody else as opposed yeah. to having to do that but considering everything that's been pinned up against our community and how we're still able to do to the do things it. that we do right. <laughs> 
that melanin be popping, man. <laughs> <laughs> Incredible book. I mean, again, even if you're not into business, I think you just you will get a lot out of that book in terms of how you should move in your respective career. I like the title in the sense of like, look, like I'm not going to be limited by circumstances or by my color alone. Like I should be able to have fun. I should be able to prosper. I should be able to have everything else that this world and anybody else is offered to. So I love the title within itself. I'm definitely going to read it. I'm very much into biographies right now. I just even purchased um, uh, Bobby Brown's biography. I'm I'm just going to have some great stories. (laughs) I will get back to that one. Oh, man. Thank you for highlighting. Um, Say it one more time. Yeah, so why should white guys have all the fun? How Reginald Lewis created a billion-dollar business empire. Why should white guys always have fun? Why should they only have fun? Everybody else wants to have fun. Okay, I'm alone. We're wrapping up. How long she going to go with this? I'm gonna come back with a different way. I know my parents love me. Okay, okay, I'm sorry. Stand behind me. Okay, all right. In Uh, my past life, I was a singer. I write music now. I can't sing. I wish I could, y'all. I can harmonize. Anyway, great show. For sure. Thank you. You know what, Jasper? I told you, Jasper, before we went on air, I'm gonna tell you guys this right now. Like, I didn't really feel prepared today. I had some things happening in my personal life this past weekend where I was like, am I going to be able to do this? And I did. So thank you for your energy. Thank you for, for sure. coming through. Sure. Um, shout out to Michael, Deacon Mike. We hope you're getting better, yeah, b- sure. brother. Also, brother. Um, Damon will be back with us next week. Shout out to Emmanuel, our videographer, coming through. as the, Our game show host. Our game show host. <laughs> Black card revoked. Man, you better than any Steve Harvey. You did that. You did that. And shout out to the listeners. Um, people email each week. Um, they send text messages to me. I know right now we're still at the following of like people within our circle, but we're hoping to get more and more out there. Mm-hmm. We got people listening to us in Japan nice. and in Brazil. So and I'm like, huh? yeah, I guess so. I saw it on the SoundCloud. <laughs> Shout out to you guys. Comment on our SoundCloud. Leave us a review on iTunes. We appreciate you guys. We're doing this, you know, to make sure we're putting a good seed of um, sure. positivity and motivation out there. That's what it's really all about. And you're about to be thrown into a oops you didn't know about this but i'm pretty sure you do now we end the show with you know a motivation a motivational quote at the end of the show okay so if you have one you can offer it yeah i got one um okay i shared this with you a while ago so this is okay. the one i'm rocking with this one <laughs> okay. you're like i got one okay. i got one i'm good i'm good <laughs> so this one is it's real simple but when you think about it it's it's very complicated to do and it's it's a it's a challenge but Keep working hard until expensive becomes cheap. Mm. So again, keep working hard until expensive becomes cheap. Dang. I'm glad you said it again because I was about to say, say it again. I like that because it's basically like you're working to that point where it's like, it's nothing. Right. Like, oh, I got that. Yeah. $200,000? That's 99 cents for me. Yeah, wouldn't that be a nice problem to have? Hey, that's a nice reality to have. All right, you working towards because you you are the consistent king right now. I'm trying to have that. I'm like I'm Jasper. My brother is keeping me consistent. (laughs) I love that. Thank you for sharing that. The quotes I want to leave for our listeners this week is something that I said at Speak Easy last week. 
podcast, and that was last week. Um, considering with Black History Month, considering with where we're at right now, I'm realizing more and more that we are sitting in such a position of privilege and power. And so the quote that I want to state is, we are our ancestors' wildest dreams. And that's just so empowering to me because there have been people who have done so much more or who had to sacrifice so much in order for even us to sit here on this college campus and talk about the things we're talking about and put out the messages we're talking about. And so hearing that and like embodying that just makes me want to like make sure I give just as much more for the next generation. So remember that people, you are your ancestors' wildest dreams. Mm. We are the Seeds You So podcast. Mr. Bill Wealth in the building. <laughs> I love how we all have like our like radio voices. We're like, yeah, coming to you live. Right? I couldn't resist. I'm glad you did. Thank you again, Jasper, for joining yeah, us. No doubt. Always a pleasure to be here. He's going to come back with us, guys. He's going to come back. You guys all have an amazing, lovely, blessed, beautiful week. And we're signing off. Holla.